Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 189, the internet's most informative gaming podcast. I am Shane Satterfield. I am Matt Kyle. And we got a gaggle. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and we have a gaggle of great games to talk with you guys about today. Uh, a couple housekeeping things before we get going. If you guys are wondering where Pactor Factor is, <laughs> so we skipped. Pactor scheduled Pactor Factor with us and set up a date to shoot, and we put out the call for questions, and you guys delivered. We have tons of great questions. Thank you very much. And then the day before we were supposed to shoot, he calls me and says, oh, I forgot I have a two-week vacation that starts tomorrow. (laughs) So we are shooting Pactor Factor. That's a man who uses a travel agent. Exactly, yeah, or his (laughs) wife takes care of a lot of stuff for him. Uh, so anyway, we are shooting Pactor this Friday, so expect an episode probably Friday night or Saturday. Sorry that there's been a bit of a gap between episodes, but not much we can do when the man is out of town. He's like overseas or something. I mean, we too. could like get an impersonator. We <laughs> like, do, like not not Michael Pactor, but an amazing simulation. <laughs> it would be great if we could figure out like a max headroom type thing yeah, for right. Pack. Like, uh, get, like, Leffler to do him. Like, he did oh, Stan right. Lee on the old show. Yeah, yeah. The, that actually uh, isn't a bad the Michael idea. Pactor experience. <laughs> the fifth uh, best thing. <laughs> uh, I also want to say uh, thank you guys to those of you guys who either bumped up your pledge or our new pledges uh, for Sifted. We took a big hit last month. We lost our biggest uh, pledge, our biggest patron. Um, he had to lower his pledge. But you guys have pitched in and almost got us back to ground zero in a month's time. So thank you very much. I also specifically want to call out a few new people. Uh, We have more people on our Give Me Credit crawl, which is what you're seeing down below right now. We have the most people ever uh, for Give Me Credit, which is $30 or more per month. I want to thank any of you guys who bumped up your pledge to that amount. Uh, We also had three guys who just joined that tier for the first time, Delbert Sparks, Devin Johnson, and Glenn with the extra N. And uh, Glenn actually does not spell his name with the extra N, which is pretty funny. But anyway, thanks to you guys for uh, either bumping up your pledge or becoming new pledges. We really, really appreciate it. It's helped us out a ton after losing one of our biggest patrons. Um, What else? The next few episodes of Game Face are just going to be awesome. Wall to wall. There are so many great games that we have. I'm trying to figure out how to budget my time right now. Big games. Let's not go (laughs) crazy just yet. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. But the next few episodes of the show are going to be amazing, some of the best of the year. So glad that you guys are along for the ride, and hopefully you'll come back next week and the week after that. Come leading back up next week for Death Stranding. Yeah, uh, leading up to our Game of the Year awards that we do every year where we hand out like 20-plus awards. That usually goes down the second week of December and is typically our last show of the year before we head out for the holidays. So Game Face from here on out is just going to be awesome. We have so many great games to, to talk about today and the next several weeks uh, going. Uh, So let's just get straight to it. We're going to kick things off with BlizzCon 2019. We talked about it last week on the show, and uh, we were kind of predicting what was going to happen based upon the information we had, Um, and we pretty much nailed it. Mm. (laughs) There were some leaks that helped us a little bit. Like, we knew kind of that Overwatch 2 was going to be shown. But we... Nailed what what it was. We we absolutely did. Yeah. yeah so uh, even if it took a couple of days of people trying to get them to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get to the games at BlizzCon, we're going to talk a little bit about the controversy around Blizzard and BlizzCon one last time. At least I think, unless Blizzard does something insane again. Yeah. I mean. So the pro there was there were supposed mm. to be protests 
at BlizzCon, and there were, there were, but it was literally like 20 people. Yeah, which is also what I thought. A lot uh, I of, thought there would be more than that. I didn't think there would be just because it's, it's out of the way. I mean, if it was been downtown L.A., probably, but like getting down to Anaheim for that is a, is a, is a haul. Yeah. Um, especially because if you're not already going to BlizzCon, which I think most people that care about that issue probably aren't. Yeah. Uh, although Disneyland apparently did staff up its security those days, so... It made some impact. It, yeah, it made them spend more money yeah, made, to cover their butts. Made the mouse spend some cash. Yeah, it was pretty disappointing, though. Not that I was rooting for the protests or anything, but I just kind of figured it would be bigger than it was. And literally, it was I just mean, a like lot a, of people did. There were people that I knew that were going that were worried about, like, what do I do if, if like, violence breaks? Like, they were, they that thought, didn't like, happen. They thought, like, riots were going to happen. I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's no. going to be, like, 20 people, and they'll have signs, and they'll have to stay at the way far end of the fucking... Away from the entrance. Yeah, because because there's a whole long, like... Like entrance with all the flanked by the hotels that walk you walk up like with like reflecting pools and stuff to get to the actual convention yeah. center. And that's all part of the the complex. same complex. So they'd have to be out way out on the sidewalk where like you can barely see anything. So. Yep. Because you can't have anybody in the way of the food trucks. Yeah. So that ended up being kind of a non-story, and I was surprised that it was so small. And then things kicked off, and Blizzard's CEO did the welcome speech for mm-hmm. BlizzCon and apologized. Kind of. Um, he he basically apologized for Blizzard's response to what happened, but then refused to change Blizzard's ruling on the situation. And also didn't say what he was apologizing. If you right. didn't know this was a thing that happened, you would have been so confused. Yeah, this you'd have been like, what is he like, talking about? What is he about? talking about? Yeah. It sounds real. It sounds like he did something bad. I mean, there, they, it wasn't an apology, really. It was just like, yeah, we didn't expect this was going to be the reaction, so we're sorry that we didn't think that was going to happen not that we are sorry that we did it yeah. but sorry that like we're sorry it was almost we're sorry like, that what we did got the reaction we didn't expect yeah. we're, we're, basically it was almost we're sorry you feel that way yeah that was kind of what it was it was one of the worst corporate apologies i have ever seen in my entire life it was terrible it was um, very bad and then here's something that i think a lot of people don't even realize it happened and i only realized it because we do this show i was doing research uh on what happened to blizzcon and I noticed that no matter what search term I used for BlizzCon, the first two pages of the results were Blizzard official results. Hmm. So Blizzard spent the money to buy out all the SEO terms for BlizzCon. And I, I don't think like Diablo or Overwatch had that treatment. But BlizzCon, if you search for it, first two pages of results. Like it got down to like meta stuff on the BlizzCon webpage as far mm-hmm. as the results are concerned. If you wanted like a synopsis of what actually happened at BlizzCon, it was in the th- on the third page. So that's smart, but it's also dirty. Yeah. Basically, Blizzard was trying to make sure when people who didn't know what was going on went to search for this stuff, they had to go to the third page to find it. Mm-hmm. So there was definitely some slimy subterfuge stuff going on. And that's not cheap, by the way. Um, if you want to buy out a search term on Google, uh, for example, when I worked at Spike, we had to promote a show for a spike called Coal. It was a show about coal miners, like a reality show. And we we're trying to figure out how to promote it. And one of the things that we did was we bought the search term for coal for a day. Mm-hmm. So on the day of the show's premiere, if anybody searched for coal, the first result was going to be Spike's new TV show, Coal. And there were only 80,000 searches per day for coal in the world. And we had to pay $40,000 for one day of that search term. Think about that. So BlizzCon probably cost a lot. More. A lot of money. So they spent a lot of money to try to kind of avoid spreading the virus, so to speak, based upon what had happened leading up to BlizzCon. And then 
after the apology, non-apology, and the show kicked off, everybody just forgot about all that because Blizzard rolled out both Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's start first with Diablo 4. My first, and I hate to admit it, my first impressions of it are that it looks freaking awesome. Yeah. I, I was, I'm not a big Diablo guy, and I feel like the last couple entries have got away from what I really liked about Diablo in the first place. I know people will argue against that. So there are some people that hate the first cup, the first two games now compared to, like, the third one. Yeah, I mean, I like the third one, but I, I do feel like the rune system makes things feel a little less decisive and a little less special. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, I like what we saw. Of I mean, this is, the, this is one of the best uh, CG trailers in the history of video games. Well, it's Blizzard. Uh, it is Blizzard. I expect it's nothing also, less. It's also our friend Patrick Rochoa. Oh, really? He, he was a producer on this trailer. Oh, wow. So one he of did our, a great job. One of our XG4 guys making good over at Blizzard, yeah. making awesome trailers. That's great. Um, uh, so congratulate him on Twitter if you can... If you can find him. him on there, yeah. I mean, he, it was funny. Like he said on Twitter, I like, got we, you know, I was involved in this. And it was, it's great. It's really happening. It was, just, and all the replies were all people I know. It was, just, like, <laughs> it was like everybody. It was all mutual friends. It's like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. um, the industry's tight like that. It is, yeah. And um, I mean, it's a great trailer. Oh, it is. Uh, it's like eight minutes. I long. mean, both of them are. The cinematic one's amazing, and just the gameplay trailer yeah, the gameplay really trailer just shows off the game. Too. I mean, they really, they, you can see they're really like intentionally avoiding color. Uh, yeah, really dark. After the Diablo 3 re- response. I mean, I love the tone of the whole thing. It's yeah. all, like, muted grays and browns. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, it's got a lot of references to, like, the old lore, but it expands it, obviously, with the new villain. Yep. Um, there's a flesh cape, which is yep. cool. <laughs> um, it's a great setup. Like, it's a great way to be like, yeah, I want to play this, and I want to jump right in from here. Yeah. Um, and also sort of things like, you know, guys, you could just make movies. Like, I would watch this movie. Yeah. I would watch the Overwatch movie. I mean, they kind of tried to do that with World of Warcraft. Yeah, Didn't well, work out Yeah, but so don't, well. don't farm it out to a stupid studio. Do like, do it yourselves in-house. Like a CG make, film. Do a CG mean. film. Like, yeah. literally this, but... 90 minutes. 10 or times hours, longer. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like there's a bigger market for that than poorly made Warcraft films. Yep, I would um, agree. <laughs> And even the even the War, World of Warcraft expansion trailer, way better than anything in the Warcraft movie. Yeah, I mean, it may not come out in theaters, but that doesn't matter. Right. The fans would find it and Hell, support you just, it. You could just say, if you want to watch this, you got to log into Blizzard or Battle.net. Yeah, that's true. Like, done. Yeah. Or it comes with the next game expansion or something. Like, what? Right. I mean, it would, it would be a nice perk. I mean, you have to spend a lot of money on it. Yeah. Be like, good. But you spend a lot of money on these already. You so. do. Yeah. But uh, there's a difference between like five million dollars and right. But I mean, just like team million. up with Netflix or something and call it a day. You know, like, that's actually a good idea. I mean, Castlevania is doing real well on Netflix. Like, I don't see any reason a Diablo series like that looks like this wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I agree, thousand percent. But you're getting a little sidetracked here. Yep, <laughs> as we sometimes do. What did you think about the uh, the limited amounts of gameplay that they showed? I mean, it seems understandable considering they said. Um, they said it's not coming soon. Yeah, this is the not rub. even Blizzard soon. Yeah, which is like, ooh, 
that means like 2022. Yeah, like this, this game's a long way out. That showed me how desperate yeah. Blizzard was they had, they to, knew they had to show divert some... the narrative away from yeah, what was happening. To, I mean, obviously they were planning to do this, I think, anyway, because this, this this trailer, trailer they didn't make it overnight. Yeah, this didn't start last <laughs> month. You <laughs> yeah, know? for sure. But I can I could definitely see them maybe wanting to hold off until next year originally, and they're like, well, you know, we should probably just pull all the stops out. We also got to remember too, last year people expected this game to show up, right. and it well, wasn't there. Diablo Immortal, the mobile game. The, Everyone railed which was on. not even mentioned this right. year. That's true, actually. Wisely, probably. Yeah. I mean, they they knew. Also, because Diablo Immortal is clearly being made for the Chinese market. Maybe right. This, this, yeah, that's you, just. Uh... You don't want any of that <laughs> being. Con- you don't want any of those dots connected. No, nope, so. definitely not. Um, but I mean, it looks really cool. I will admit, like, I am not inclined to give Blizzard any more money until they you know, fix their stance on this Hong Kong thing. Which, to be fair, by the time this game comes out, that whole situation may well be resolved <laughs> one way or the other. Dust in the wind. Yeah. Yeah, no one will even remember it. Um, it mo- maybe it won't matter what their stance is anymore because Hong Kong will be free or Hong Kong will be crushed into submission and who knows. Yeah. But uh, So the real world may take care of that for them by that point. But yep. like right now, I'm not inclined to be very supportive of them. I wonder how many people feel like you do. I mean, based upon the small protest at BlizzCon, I'm guessing not that many. I mean, probably a fair amount. But I mean, one of the reasons I wouldn't protest there is because who gives a shit? Right. Like, it's not going to change anything. Yeah, they're like, not, you know, no one's not going to. I mean, they knew the protest was coming, and their CEO still didn't really apologize. No, so. and, and there's still, like, there's no media presence there beyond, like, you know, normal game media stuff. And, like, everybody in who's paying attention to game media already knows what happened. And it's, you're, not, you're not spreading any awareness. I mean, you, you get more results, you know, holding up signs in the corner of Hollywood and Hollywood Island. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise me at all that the protest was very small. Um, I don't think that comments on the seriousness or, or, or widespread opinion on the, of the of the issue. I think it just comments on like who the hell wants to go down to Anaheim for nothing. Yeah, especially because it was very hot that week. Yeah, I mean I don't know if it was nothing though. I mean wasn't it playable on the floor? Yeah, I mean it was playable. I, every, I, mean, I mean think th- about it. If you were the, one of the people who got to play Diablo like three or four years before it comes out, that's a pretty big deal. That's fine. That's a selling point. I mean, it'll probably be very different by the time you, it comes out and you play it. I'm a little disappointed in the classes so far. I mean, I don't, I don't like the barbarian. That was my next question. Uh, I, the wizard looks cool, but I'm a necromancer fan, and I'm kind of hoping this time we don't have to buy an expansion a year and a half after the, or maybe it was longer after the game came out. When did mm. they put out the, the necromancer? No, it was about 18 months, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, also, I like the necromancer better in Diablo 2. Because um, you can have like the whole army of skeletons, and with with the rune system, it like kind of it doesn't let you like stack stuff as much. Like you have to have you can either have these skeletons or you can have a golem or you can have. I didn't feel like you get to overwhelm the enemy the way you did in Diablo two. It is interesting that we've reached a place with games. I was, I was disappointed they did not mention the Diablo two remaster. Yeah, yeah, they kind of brushed that under the rug. It is interesting that we have reached a point with games where. You just don't expect everything to be in the product that you should expect to be in the product. Mm. Like you're like, yep, this character I'm just assuming is not going to be there at launch, and yeah. it's going to be something that comes later, and I have to pay for. It. Like it's our. Which it's just something that Diablo three started in this year because like yeah, normally in series like this, you would never assume that a class would disappear. Right. From you, once you, it's there, you add them, but you don't take them away. Right. Yeah, like I was really annoyed by the, by Diablo. I mean, you're seeing that. that with Pokemon Sword and Shield. I mean, like, I, I admit, saw, I'm sure you yeah. saw the list today came out, and there's just just randomly they just omitted like a lot of the original 151. Oh it's, wow, so okay, so it was five years between the release of the game and the release of the Necromancer. Five years? According to Shelburne, there. Yeah. What? May 2012, Necro came out in June 2017. Wow. I knew, I thought it was really long. It's hard to believe that 
Diablo 3 came out in 2012. Yeah, I remember. That was one of the last big releases before G4 shut down. Yeah. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, I, I had forgotten that it came out while I was still a game trailer. Yeah, That's crazy. It's pretty, pretty old game. Yeah, for sure. And we still have to wait a few more years for yeah. the sequel. I mean, it's looking like it's going to be 10 years between... Yeah, one and, that uh, is kind of the Diablo. I mean, yeah, Blizzard I mean, Diablo, plan. Diablo Two is two thousand. Yeah, I so. mean that's kind of how it works, unfortunately. I, Starcraft, for whatever reason, seems to be a franchise they get to a little more often. I think because Starcraft has the competitive scene, and yeah. Diablo just. I mean, there's the ladder stuff and the season stuff and that kind of. But it's, it doesn't have. It's, there's no esports element. Yeah, to it. for sure. But are, they are. They do seem to be pushing PvP on this a little weirdly hard. Yeah, but I don't care about that. So. Yeah, I don't either. I just want to play the campaign. Yep. So over and over and over. Yeah. And, and I will at least. I mean, I actually remember I had trouble starting Diablo three because I couldn't not because I couldn't decide between the classes because I didn't care about any of them. I'm like right. none of these look very good, and I ended up picking a, a sorcerer I think, and I, I put him in green and I named him Low Key <laughs> because it came out right after Avengers one. Came uh, out. That's how old that game is. Came yeah. Out there right, you go. Came <laughs> out at the same time <laughs> that, as Avengers that pop one. Pop culture reference. But. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm interested. It looks really cool, um, but I can't get too excited about something that's that far away. Yeah. You know I mean? Overall, how would you rate the debut of Diablo Four? Oh, I give like I'd probably give it an A. Yeah. I mean, this you got this trailer. You got like it's playable on the floor, even this far out from from release. And there's gameplay up on like YouTube. Uh, yeah. And... It's all you know. It's it's none of it's like hidden behind anything. Like it's just here it is. Yeah. Like check it out. Here we go. Yeah, I'd have to give it an like, A too. Like as much only... as it be uh, begrudgingly. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would. You could bump it to an A plus as a release date. Yeah, which they kind of gave. They, I mean, but... they, they gave us a win. I mean, they gave us more than Bethesda did. Yeah, that's for that's true. Actually, we'll probably be playing this around the same time as Starfield. Frankly, that's probably accurate. What did you think about the in-game visuals? Look good. Yeah, like I like I like that they uh, as good as you thought they were going to look. Yeah, about about there, and I, I like that they um you can see they're emphasizing like kind of breaking one of the things that like I think has been a, a restriction on this sort of game for a long time, has been sort of, no matter what the environments are like, you're still sort of stuck on that path. Yep. That you can cook. But they're showing, like, these characters jumping across gaps. And yeah. Jumping, jumping, and riding their horse around, like, these bigger environments, like, more variety in where you can where you can walk, basically. Yes, yeah, it doesn't uh, appear to, to be as linear. Yeah, it looks we'll like you, see. it looks like you can have you can have uh, abilities that jump you over gaps, and so you're not stuck going around the long way all the time. Like yeah. I like I like that like that like free like that's really like the direction you need to push this genre now. I think is is freeing up the mobility options. I, th- I think these shots too, where they show like the land yeah. and like this big open territory. That's not really something that they focused on when promoting Diablo in the past. No. So although it is, I do think it is getting. Um, like even just watching this footage, there's part of me that's like, is that sort of three quarters perspective really the way you need to go with this anymore? Don't you think people would revolt if they, they didn't do the isometric? They absolutely would. <laughs> yeah, they'd be. Pissed. But if it's better, it's better. It is. Yeah, you know? and they come and around like, once they play yeah, it and realize. Just like Resident Evil Four. Right. You know? That's true. Yeah. Like there was, I remember people saying it's not real Resident Evil if it's not like if it. Doesn't but it's con- better if it doesn't control like complete shit. Right. But um. <laughs> But, like, this, I mean, because, you know, especially with how good these graphics look, at a certain point it's a shame to be looking at them, looking at them from a drone camera, you know? It is weird, yeah. I mean, I don't play a ton of isometric action RPGs anymore, mm-hmm. but I will play this one, absolutely. I mean, they're one. the creme de la creme of the genre at this point. So, looking pretty good. Uh, Toothless Gibbon asks in the chat, what do you think about the fact that they announced it for Xbox One and PS4? Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a surprise. It's already been on console yeah. i'm sure it'll be on xbox one and ps4 and 
the next systems and everything. Also, I like that because uh, I like playing Diablo 3 with controller better. And yeah. the controller never came to PC because the engine, apparently, they'd have to rip it apart and put it back together to make it work. But this that indicates to me that the PC version will support controller out of the gate, oh, which yeah. is good. It also makes me wonder, though, if maybe it's not that far off because knowing that these consoles are going to basically become obsolete in 12 months. Oh, and- no, I, I think either that's placeholder and they can't say the new system's name or whatever, or I think it would. They're not going to ignore that crazy huge install yeah. base on those existing yeah. systems. They Even can, if it's like they two can make years after they're relevant, they can make it run on oh, the yeah. old system. So yeah, I'm absolutely. sure it'll be on everything. And yeah. also, if it's you know if we're if it's what we're assuming that you're going to be able to play these, you know, you're going to buy a PlayStation game and it'll work on the four and the five, and you know same with Xbox. It, it's automatically on those. Systems. Yeah, yeah. So, it just organically happens. Uh, so I'm guessing that'll be the same case. With I think. I think so. The next Xbox. So it's uh, yeah. But I love the art. Looks um, really great, you know. It, it also it actually this it reminds me of Witcher a little bit. Yeah, for in sure. In the sense that, like, in the sense more that it's going back to the old style, like art styles. Of, I mean, I didn't mind the colorful stuff in three. I thought three looked really good. This is definitely more traditional. Looking. This feels a lot more like Diablo one. Yeah, in terms of art direction. Yep. And I, I don't have, a, I do not have a single problem with that. Nor do I. Uh, next up. As we talked about, also it's super gross, which like I think was a thing missing from Diablo. Yeah, so. it's really gory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the gory is so small, you have to almost like, yeah use like a just, magnifying I mean, glass. Even, to but see even it. like just the sliminess, or I mean, I know like snakes aren't slimy, but yeah. like like the the that snake giant snake going through that one yeah. one shot, like you can look, the glistening on the scale, like yeah. you can feel, you know, what it would feel like to touch that thing. Yeah. And, and I think so it looks like, great. Really good. I, I mean, and and it's and, not coming out for a couple years. Yeah, so. I mean, that'll be some. That'll be some. That was some good ray tracing. Yeah, imagine what this is going to look like on a top-of-the-line yeah, rig cutting in two edge. years. Yeah, it's sure. going to be amazing. Uh, okay, next up, we're going to talk about Overwatch 2. Again, as we tipped you guys off to on last week's episode, as it turns out, it was legit. We were kind of skeptical. Talk about the, we didn't talk about the online thing. Oh, we didn't. Oh, that's right. Okay, let's rewind then. Because that's the one note on the script. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, yeah. actually. It was announced just today that Diablo 4... You will not be able to play it unless you're mm-hmm. connected. And this has been a topic that has been debated for five years mm-hmm. now. Not and, just with Blizzard. And Diablo 3 had that too, but people assumed it was like a vestige of having that stupid auction house that they cut out. But no. apparently this is just how we're going to do it. Just the way it is. Why do you think that it's the way it is? I mean, presumably it's a uh, anti-piracy, anti-cheat thing. That's just the easiest way to do it without sticking crazy DRM things in there. I mean, do I care? Not really, because I'm always online anyway. But, like, I say that now, but then it's going to be, like, one time when the, my internet's out and I want to play Diablo yeah. and it doesn't work. Um, but, you know, and even two years from now, it's going to be even, even less of an issue. It's like, every, you know, you're always online with these consoles and the, the PC anyway. And so. You're right. It's just going to become more prevalent as time goes on. Yeah. I mean... It's one of those things that, I mean, that you, you don't like it, but there's no, there really yeah, no use if, fighting. If you don't like it, like the battle's lost. Yeah, like that's not. It's it's like paying for online on consoles. Like, if you can only get if you can only get twenty two people to show up for democracy, yeah, no one's going to complain about the always online. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Okay, so now we've put the cap on Diablo four, and let's move on to Overwatch two. Uh, most of the details we gave on last week's episode ended up being one hundred percent right mm-hmm. and correct. Um, First of all, going back to sort of the controversy around Blizzard, I don't know if you saw or not, but an Overwatch coach 
tweeted mm-hmm. in support of Hong Kong, was asked to delete the tweet. This was after all the other all the stuff had happened yeah, earlier. It's real how's the boot taste, Blizzard? Yeah. Like it's not great. It's really crazy, man. Like you would I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. <laughs> it's Corporate, it, corporate shit. I mean, it's tough because you're, it's basically your job. You're placed in a position, and we're going to get to a very similar situation a little later on in the show, where you're put in a position between your morality and your vocation. And it's a tough decision. And I don't think there's any right decision when that happens. Like, I can't begrudge somebody who has a wife, a mortgage, and three kids having to stay at a job that maybe he's not 100% supportive of how they handle things culturally. It's just a tough position to be put in. So, uh, But, yeah, an Overwatch esports coach had to delete a tweet at Blizzard's request or at Activision Blizzard's request. That's great. But let's talk about the game Overwatch 2. Uh, first, I want to know, because your girlfriend is a gigantic Overwatch fan, mm-hmm. what does she think of it? She doesn't really care. She doesn't care. Not really. She she's She likes the PvE stuff, but she's not super into it and, like, She's just she's checking out of Overwatch. Oh, okay, slowly. so she's just kind like, of fizzled out in the game. Like the the um, the goat stuff in the competitive this this year has really seemed to kind of take her out of it. Um, like she's she likes still likes the characters and thought this was a cool trailer and everything. But so put it this way, she was at she was at Disneyland with her brother most of the week during BlizzCon and the whole thing. She didn't go to BlizzCon. She, oh. she just went to Disneyland with her brother. And uh, when she came back, I'm like, so what would you think about the other? She's like, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Wow. So she, she didn't watch it until she got home, like, days later. That's surprising. And she liked, I mean, she liked it. I mean, look, I liked it, too. I don't, I don't even yeah, play this game. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I didn't play this game. And, like, when they all got together, like, oh, is Overwatch back? And, and uh, Winston's like, yeah, I think we are. I'm like, I, I got I, the feels. I got a, got a little, got a little <laughs> verklempt. I was so like, did I. Yeah, I, was, I got the feels. Because. I, was, and I don't you, even care, like and, you. And do you know why? It's because. The music is so manipulative it, yeah. and good. Like they, the music makes you feel what the well. What this they want short, you to feel. this short really is well amazing. It's really good. Like you're talking about like something that should be in theaters or what? Like yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, all these CG shorts for Overwatch are just incredible, and it's so crazy because the game up until now has done a terrible job of fleshing this stuff out. But yeah. and I think it still will. But I mean, the, the, the reviews of the PVE of the, the the missions and PVE stuff from the floor were not positive. Oh, really? Like the missions are fine, and the story, but like everyone's like, it's not, it's not a quantum. It's, it's just, it's just Overwatch PVE with like some story cutscenes in it. Like, oh, really? It's not, it's, I think so it's not like a campaign. I mean, there is, but it's there's a campaign in the way there was a campaign in like. Um, Battlefront One, oh. you know, where you could just play through like it's it's. I mean, it's just the the, the co op multiplayer with some cutscenes before and after, right. which they've already done. Right, in, yeah, that's what know, I'm before. saying. So what's the big deal? It's just there's just more of them this time. Oh. And there's like the and there's the the missions that are hero specific, where they basically assign you a team of heroes and you all have to play it and, and beat a particular thing. Um, that's a, I mean that's about it. And like and it's uh, I mean I'm sure it'll be fine, but it's like. I would prefer. I don't want to play that. I'd prefer to play a single player campaign that right. delves it because I think it's this universe I is amazing. It is an absolute shame all this lore and character work and backstory is wasted on a multiplayer shooter. And from like, day one, I mean, yeah. the first trailer for the first Overwatch was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure part of that's because it, it it's basically it was plucked from the ashes of an MMO project. I mean, yeah. I'm sure some of that's just there leftovers um yeah. you know it's, if, if, I mean, there's people at blizzard whose entire job is just to write lore yeah you know so. and create characters but yeah. like i would love to see these things showcased in a way beyond just 
mindless multiplayer shooter. Like yeah. it's it's just a shame that they're stuck here. And, and Blizzard of all publishers no should know this better than anyone. Yeah. I mean, it is a master at telling stories in its games. And, and I think you're hitting you're finally hitting the point because like for a long time, you know, she and her friends were very I mean, every single hint about new character, every hint about a new character video coming out. Yeah, is like, she was like, a just hook. Like, uh, yeah. And like, they just don't even talk about it. It fizzled anymore. out. Huh. The biggest, the biggest re- response was they were making fun of Genji wearing pants. <laughs> well, fair enough. Which, to be, which, I th- which a lot of people believe that Blizzard did because people kept talking about how Genji was naked. Uh, they decided, well, you didn't right. have pants on. You know, yeah. And like, it's like, oh, he's naked. How come, how come he doesn't have a dick and all this? And like, <laughs> like, look at his, look at his butt. He's got a cyber butt and kind of thing. And so now, like, they put pants on him, yeah. so to, like, ostensibly to stop that. But now it's like, all you just did was prove he's always been naked. Naked, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, the other and there was a couple other announcements around this game. Uh, there's a new mode called Push. Yeah, where you have like a gigantic robot. Yeah, robot push, which is amazing because it's like players are so bad at playing the objective. We gave you a robot to do it. Pretty like much, that's basically, what that mode is, and I don't, I don't mind because I sure, hated I mean, that part of it. it. Yeah. Like I hated having done. to push. Like. But that was so much part of the strategy that I wonder what the change is. Yeah, how gonna like time that. management, making sure you had time to push while you fought, and all that kind of stuff. It did add kind of a layer of strategy to the game. My guess is Blizzard has replaced that with something. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, there's a new map. Yep, Toronto. That takes place in Toronto. Had, had some friends who live there making fun of the subway map. Oh, really? There's a, there's a subway map when you go down in the underground. There's a map of the Toronto subway, which is about ten times more subway stops than the the Toronto subway system is not extensive. It's small, yeah. And the one I'm like, well, in the Overwatch universe, public transit is more highly valued. It's also like it's also centuries future. from now. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it probably will be that big then. To be honest with you, uh, and then what's up with Rio de Janeiro? That's where the Omnic Crisis like flashpoint was. Is it actually a new map or not? I, I don't. Been able to I'm it. not sure. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. But they've made a big deal about that map as well. Yeah. Well, uh, that that Rio de Janeiro is where like the big b- battle with the Omnics took place. Yeah. Or something like that. So like that's it's it, lore wise, Rio is a very important place. Okay. Um, and then a new character was announced yeah. as well. Are you surprised there was just one? No, I mean really they, they, for they, a sequel that seems crazy. Well, there's going to be a lot more in the in the sequel. Yeah, like, I mean as time goes on. Well, but... no, it'll launch with like six or seven. Oh, you think like so? That. Yeah, this, they're just only showing one now. They're gonna they're gonna drip feed you the, the launch characters for the next two years or something. Do you think it's two years till this comes? They out? They have no idea when it's coming out. So they, was, they said on say like we don't know when this is coming out, but we wanted to show it to. So you. is all BlizzCon just a bunch of smoke and mirrors, pretty much? Is that what it's really coming? I mean, down it to? wouldn't shock me if this came out next year. But, like, they sure weren't committing to it. And if yeah, because if the campaign or the single-player PvE stuff isn't as extensive as people think it was or should, or it was going to be mm-hmm. or should be, then maybe it doesn't take that long to get the game I done. mean, this is an expansion. Yeah. This is a PvE expansion. That's what it seems like, yeah. Especially because they're doing the thing where basically it's like exactly like I predicted. If you have Overwatch, it's just going to become Overwatch 2, yeah. and you're just going to have to pay for the PvE if you want it, but the multiplayer is all going to be the same. You're going to keep all your progress, all your unlocks. It's just, you're literally just going to get a different title screen and a new outfit. Yeah, it's cross franchise. Yeah, that I when I wrote the blurb, I was like, I think that is a new phrase. Cross mm-hmm. cross franchise. Well, yeah, because we used to just release an expansion, right? But they're calling it Overwatch. It's it's weird they're calling it Overwatch Two. I think like it would have been maybe a little more effective to call it Overwatch colon whatever subtitle. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a whiteboard somewhere in Irvine that's just covered in rejected titles yeah. for this thing, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, oh, oh, coming out, hauling it Overwatch Two feels a little strange. It feels like 
cheap to yeah. call it Overwatch. This is not really. We're trying a to like force scene. a reboot sort of thing where it doesn't really need it. It just needs more. Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, the new content is a new mode, a new character, and a new map. Yeah, and that's Overwatch Two. That seems pretty skimpy to me. Yeah, I mean, they've had they've had like regular updates that were less more robust than that. Really, I wonder. If also, I thought it was funny that like they're like, oh, new look, and I'm like, they all look the same, exactly I, the same. And there's yeah. an actual website where you can click on each character, and there's like a little slider, and you you run like the little thing back and forth across them, and it goes from like their old their original Overwatch one look to their Overwatch two look. And I'm like, the fact that you felt the need to even make that website, yeah, it should like, be obvious. Yeah, you shouldn't have to. I mean, there's like skins you can get in the main in Overwatch one that change the characters far more than they are in their new Overwatch 2 outfits. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with uh, the first Overwatch when Overwatch 2 is released? Do you think they'll drop it to, like, 10 bucks or whatever? Oh, it's going to cease to exist. Oh, it will? I guess it doesn't need to exist anymore. What would it be? Yeah, I guess you it's wouldn't nothing. need... Yeah, there's really no need to buy it or anything. No. Yeah. You just buy, you're just... Overwatch is Overwatch. Just the environment's yeah. going to change over. They're going to slap a 2 on the logo, and that's what yeah. Overwatch is. I guess like, now that you're cross-franchise, yeah. like, it's just this platform that moves forward with a different number. Yeah, Overwatch is just gonna it's gonna be like a ship of Theseus thing. Yeah. Like you're just gonna replace all the parts and you're gonna be is it the same game? I don't know. Like it's uh but yeah, like Overwatch one wouldn't even be anything anymore. It'd just be the old map. Like be like a, I guess you could maybe put in the disc of like a console version and refuse to update it and play like a like a bot. <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a, it's an online living game and this is what it's gonna be now with all the cross cross play, like What's the difference? Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I'm sure there'll still be copies of Overwatch lying around in retail stores. I wonder what they'll oh, do sure. with, I wonder what they'll do with them. You mean like when you, if you buy like a like a Overwatch copy and you I mean, I don't know how I mean they'd have to be new because you'd have to register the code with Blizz, right. Battle BattleNet one yep. one or the other. Um, I mean, I assume you'll that'll just give you Overwatch. Yeah. You know, Overwatch in It'll general, just give you the content that you got with right. the base. Like the whole multiplayer thing, all the free patches up to that point, and then you just would have to pay like the Overwatch 2 fee to get um, you know, the PvE stuff, the hero missions, mm, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd be dumb to buy that at that time. Yeah. You, you just buy Overwatch you just 2. You buy Overwatch 2 from Blizz- Battle.net, yeah. really. I yeah. mean, that's what they want. Yep. Um, but it'd be like it'd be like StarCraft, the StarCraft 2 stuff where you could slowly keep incrementally upgrading to like Heart of the Swarm and Yep. That kind of thing. It makes sense. The business model seems to work for them, so yeah, why not? Yep. Uh, a couple other things, just kind of off the cuff mentioned. World of Warcraft Shadowlands, mm-hmm. a new expansion for World of Warcraft that is not like vanilla. It seems like we haven't really heard anything about real World of Warcraft lately. Hmm? It's oh, a- yeah, the, the non-classic. Yeah. Well, that wasn't really anything happening. Yeah, but it's funny. Like, they kind of just shifted their focus to the original, like, vanilla mm-hmm. versions. And well, clearly they were also still working on this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We just didn't hear about it for a really long time. And, again, another incredible trailer from mm-hmm. Blizzard for this. Um, any chance of this energizing your interest in WoW and going back and oh, playing God, it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. I mean, even, even, You know it's a lost cause for they me. They even showed some... some you know, stuff of it, some footage of it. And it's just like, yeah, that sure is wow. Yeah. Like, like, you can show this all day, but I know that the actual gameplay is just like click. Yeah. Hack, hack, hack. Return. It's not a fun game. But again, I'd watch the movie. Yeah. Not not the movie, but I'd watch this movie. I did watch the movie. I watched the movie. It was not great. Nope. That might even be generous, to be honest with you. The most interesting and human characters in the whole movie were the CG orcs. Yeah. 
the hell the hell is that happening? I'll say this: some of the CG in that movie was like mind blowing. Oh yeah, it was very, literally it like photo realistic, and you're looking at orcs. It's like if that I believe that an orc can exist now after seeing yeah. that movie because they did such a good job of making it seem plausible. But uh, yeah, did they say when this is coming out? This nope. next expansion, we got no no dates for anything of it. really. No, nope. I think maybe Hearthstone's expansion did. This is basically just a don't hate us convention. Yeah, is what it comes it's like. To. Hey, we're making all those <laughs> things that you're addicted to. Still. Don't throw the heroin out with the bathwater. Yep. Um, and then Warcraft 3 Reforged was shown. And it, there's a beta coming for that, I think. Maybe it's out li- it's live now, actually. I don't know. Um, any interest in this? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be super against playing that again, but say, like, who has the time? Like, maybe if I got really bored next spring. Yeah. After the 4,000 games come out that I'm already waiting for. Yeah. There's a lot. But it's just, I, I mean, you know, certainly I'm not against remasters or like replaying like old favorites, but like there's a point at which like where where exactly do I have time to replay a remastered RTS from 15 some yeah. years ago? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about EA here in a little bit, so <laughs> we'll, we'll test that that question a little bit. Um, and then other than that, uh, Heroes of the Storm Heroes of the Storm has new content coming, which actually is a surprise. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that game was pretty much abandoned. I mean, it kind of is abandoned. It's yeah. been a really long time since they updated. And it used to be literally like every other day they would have some kind of update. I mean, if you go to the Heroes of the Storm page on Sifted, it is just hundreds and hundreds of trailers. And then they just stopped. They just out of nowhere just stopped. Um the game, obviously, they didn't take it down or anything, mm-hmm. but they just stopped promoting it. They stopped supporting it with new content, and then at BlizzCon, it looks like they're throwing people a bone. So looks like they're going to at least – I think it's it's not like a lot. It's not like a new battleground or anything like that. It's like some tweaks to some existing characters and maybe – and then I think like two new ones or something. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot. Um, I still think that if you're – if you're a an esp an aspiring esports athlete and you're looking to get into a MOBA, I highly recommend staying away from Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. Just go to League of Legends and be done with it, because that game, no matter what, conform. <laughs> seriously though, I mean, it's going to stand the test of time. Yeah. So it's like, it's like if you want to be a pro football player, you learn how to play NFL football, not Canadian football. Hmm. Um, so I think that's what you should be targeting if you're an aspiring esports athlete, because we all know tons of people like that. Oh yeah, as in none. <laughs> I know no aspiring esports athletes. Not even any of my nephews or cousins or anything. None of them are like that. No, well, who, nobody wants that life. Yeah, it doesn't look very glamorous. Although mm-hmm. people, you know, playing games for a living, everything always sounds better than. Yeah, but you're not playing games for a living. You're playing game. For right. A that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. I would want to do it. I can't play the same game for more than two weeks, really. Yeah. I, mean, I get bored. Yeah. I, League of Legends is pretty much the only one that I do. So so there you go. That's BlizzCon 2019. Uh, we just put a bow on it. Uh, but I think, yeah, I would sum it up as uh, smoke and mirrors. That's the yeah. best way to for me to sum up BlizzCon 2019. Uh, there wasn't much there that we're actually going to be experiencing in the next, like, two or three years. So yeah, I mean, there was the Hearthstone thing. Uh, World, I think the World of Warcraft thing is, I mean, probably next. I, I, I'll be shocked if it wasn't next year. Like yeah. something's gonna come out next year. Yeah, we actually, right? for, I actually forgot to bring up Hearthstone Battlegrounds. They're like, they're auto battler. It's an auto battler. I had to look up what that was. Yeah, I still don't really get it. I don't but. really get it either. It's like you stack your deck and the game plays for you. Yeah, it's basically like you you have you have set decks and they it's like an eight th- eight player thing and you sort of. 
it just sort of plays itself out, I guess. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why I, I, would you not want to? I play figure it? this is like some, this has got to be some kind of offshoot of like the the idle idle clicker oh. game thing. Yeah. Um, and then they got an expansion coming that's all dragon themed, which is like that's how you know you're out of ideas. Yep. It's when you <laughs> you default to the dragons. When out of, when when in doubt, dragons. <laughs> it always works. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, BlizzCon 2019. Uh, I would give it. If I knew those games were coming soon, like, I would absolutely give it an A. But knowing that this was just like, hey, we need to keep people happy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what they're going to do next year when they roll up and they're like, yep, all those games we showed you last year still aren't available. But I don't know. For this year, I'd probably give them, like, a B minus, C plus, something like that. Yeah, like a C plus. I mean, C plus is about right. Uh, The quality of what they showed is very good, but it's just it all felt like it felt like, like, hey, look over here. Dog over here. show. yeah. Yeah. Um, Distraction. So, and they didn't. Uh, I mean, they just didn't deliver. You know, all you had to do was unban that guy. Pretty much. And the and the casters. And make sure he got all his money. And and uh, that's that. That's it. But they couldn't even do that. I don't think it's they. Well, they if you include the parent company, maybe. But it's not their parent company. I mean, Tencent only owns four percent of them. Yeah, but then why would they? Why are they doing this? Because they want that market. And and China can just tell you to go away. They can just yeah. say no, you're not allowed in here anymore. That's what they that's what they're worried about. It's not about their parent company, a parent company thing. It's they, they, Tencent has no control over anything there. What they what they have control over is Tencent can go to the Chinese government and be like, hey, these guys are saying shit. Tencent would never do that though, because it'd be cutting off their own. Notes. Well, they probably wouldn't need to because yeah, because they know everything China that's going on anyway. anyway. <laughs> they do, yeah, for sure. So I it's that's the yeah, like it's 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 it's. it's it's pathetic. The answer was very easy to yeah. to just stop it and end it right now, and mm-hmm. they couldn't do it. No, it's too much money on the line. It's crazy. That's the way it is, though. All right, let's move. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about what I believe is the hardest game I've ever played. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even exaggerating, Matt. I mean, there's probably a few that like badly made Apple IIe games that were, right. They were that, broken. They were yeah, like, as far as like intentionally yeah. difficult. I think Neo 2 is the most difficult game I've ever played. It is very hard. Oh, um, my gosh. The first enemy killed one-shotted me. Yeah. <laughs> like the amazing. dude, a dude just wandering down the trail. Like, oh, here's this dude. I could get in a, our first fight. Okay. And he, like, does this little charge move, tackles me to the ground, stabs me three times. I'm dead. You're dead. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. That was fast. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. This game is, like, impossible. Yeah, this is the opposite. Like, clearly, Team Ninja has decided, like, oh, everyone else is trying to make Dark Souls stuff more accessible. Fuck that noise. Oh, like, yeah. We're going the other way, and we're running. Oh, yeah. Like, if, you're, if you're one of the people who is a huge Dark Souls fan, and you hate that they're starting to make it for people like me, yeah. <laughs> here you go. Yeah, this is, I mean, I am no Dark Souls newcomer. Uh, this is too hard. It's too hard. I, I was not having fun playing this. I <laughs> And at a certain point, because I got the boss on the bridge. It's a, it's a big monster you have to fight on a bridge. And I tried him like four, I think four or five times. I got his health down like half once. But at a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm not having fun. I don't have the patience for this right now. And if even if I get past this, I have to do it again when the game comes out. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Like <laughs> I just, I played, I, so I played like an hour of this and just yeah. like, I was like, you know what? That's enough. That's enough for today. Yeah, I, I, I didn't make it past the boss on the bridge either. I, got, I fought him like three times. And every time, I just, he just annihilated. It's one hit. He hits you one time, you die. 
And I'm, I was like, it's going to take me forever to figure out the patterns of this guy and try to defeat mm-hmm. it. But it wasn't just him. It's like you said, everybody is a one-hit kill. It's like you find some dude crouched next to a campfire, and you sneak up on him from behind, and you're like, oh, I got this guy. And you lay into him with a combo. He, like, takes it yeah, and then slashes have, you once and kills you. You have no guy. You have, you have no idea who you're up against until they start killing you. Yeah. It's um, um, and, and it's I mean there's a lot of stuff to keep track of like there's not just dodging and parrying there's like and blocking there's like this move does this and this color around the enemy means you have to block it like this and you get this other like burst move that can get yeah the info I mean, is all, all there all, it's all there but it's, it would take a long time to sort of like really make it all second nature and it needs to be second nature or you're oh not yeah gonna survive you can't this. be thinking about it I mean sure. the answer really is get good yeah but like. I got shit to do this week. Yeah. You know, I, this week. <laughs> like also, the rest like, of the year. Also, I gotta, I gotta, as much as I appreciate kind of the mythology, like the Japanese mythology and folklore thing happening here, how cool all the monsters look and stuff, Sekiro really ruined me for sword play. Like yeah. the fact that it's just, it's just normal, like whacking the guy with a sword until the life bar goes away, like really is not as interesting to me as it would have been before Sekiro came out. I mean, that is the closest analog is Sekiro. It's, In the sense that they're both samurai, but yeah. like it's... Just Sekiro feels like such a tighter plane game to me because it's. I don't know if I would say that. Just, they feel it, about the same as far as like the responsiveness. And I do all not that. agree with that at all. Really? Like this game is so loose in terms, in comparison to how Sekiro works. Like I, it took me forever to figure out just how long my damn sword was. I was continually swinging and, and missing. missing guys because they were like half a foot further away than I thought they'd be in terms of where my sword was. Yeah. Um, it just, it I wasn't. I ended up using the dual axes for whatever stupid reason. That might have been. I mean, I was using the sword and the Kusari Gama. Um, like one, you know, sword, standard sword plus like something with range. And I mean, it, it worked, but like it just, it was not, I don't know, as someone who's been through all the Dark Souls and most of those types of games, like, and most of Neo 1, like, it, this, I didn't have fun with any of this. It was just, it just felt like, it felt like it was all out of my control. Well, the subject matter of this franchise, I don't like it. Like, they're talking about, like, Nobunaga, and, like, it's, like, really, like, you're... (laughs) You're going back to, like, Romance of the Three Kingdoms for the lore for your that's, that's Souls Ro- clone? That's not Romance of the Three Kingdoms. That's that's the feudal Japan. I thought Romance of the Three Kingdoms was all about him and no. his... No, Nobunaga is a Japanese warlord from oh. feudal Japan. Romance of the Three Kingdoms is China. Oh, in, I thought uh, it was all about him for some reason. No. Uh, it's just, I mean, the Warring States period is a similar kind of thing. Like, every, it's like basically country fragments into tons of different little warlords, and Nobunaga more or less came out on top. That's what the Samurai Warriors games are about, whereas the Dynasty Warriors games are about the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Right, right. Um, separated by about a thousand years, I think, a little more. Um, but I mean, there's a reason those they cross those franchises over with Warriors Orochi. It's because they are very similar, very similar things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is basically a re- you know the first game anyway was kind of a retelling of of historical events infused very strongly with a lot of like myth- mythology. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, I, I think this is some really interesting, you know, J- Japanese uh, mythical monsters, yokai, are fucking crazy. They, like, are, they crazy. are bizarre. And for things. those of you who don't know, you can transform into yokai in this franchise. Yeah, because you, be, yeah, you have these, like, little uh, spirit, creatures. spirit creatures that kind of follow uh, you around. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and kind of define the character's personality. Yeah. So, like, he's the boar, he's a big dude with all the armor, and he's, I mean, he's even got sort of tusks on his yeah. helmet there and then the other guy there the, the little guy who's like laughing and is like the negotiator is the fox yeah because he's the he's the clever one and, the other thing. So and here, that's all here comes aquaman yes 
how did you feel about this? I mean, this is he's a this is a real mythological figure. Yeah, but he like, looks just like the cinematic Aquaman. Eh. I mean, you don't think that they ripped I, him straight out of the movie? I didn't. I well, they're, they'll see here in a second that he looks it didn't, it didn't very similar. It didn't enter my head. Really? No. Well, no. He's That's just, the first thing I thought. I don't know. He's just, he's a, he looks like a long-haired Japanese man to me. He like, looks, what's that guy's name? Momo, Momoa? J- Jason or? Momoa. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe. <laughs> he looks a hell of a lot like I feel him. like he'd have more tattoos, but that would make him a Yakuza, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Also, Aquaman is in part fish. He's got this guy's got scales on him. Yeah, I mean, still. I mean, he's got, look at those, obvious. Look at I think it's There's obvious some, what some, they were doing. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's, it's. I guess it could be Aquaman meets Shape of Water. Yeah, but any <laughs> like, like that opening cinematic is so corny and weird, and the dialogue is weird and stilted, and yeah, I mean, it's Team Ninja. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what I was getting at. It's it's a game developed by by Team Ninja, and. I mean, at least it didn't open with an Aerosmith song. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's a good point. But it, it is a studio that's not particularly known for great storytelling. I no, guess I mean, what that's I'm not what at. you're here for. Yeah. I mean, that's not really what you're here for in any of the Souls games unless you're like a big on crazy digging, lore guy. Digging through the lore with all the notes that you find and everything. Which, yeah. I mean, that's what wikis are for. Yep. <laughs> I'll let somebody else do all the work on that. Yeah. But. Um, so this is actually the demo that's out there, and I think it's still out there. I, I don't know. So. If, I don't know if they've taken it down yet. Uh, but you have to be connected to the internet to play this demo, yeah. which is a little odd. Yeah, I don't know what that's. I mean, I guess they want to track uh, the data, and telemetry, and stuff. Yeah. But um, I feel like there's not there's not too worried about copy protection on the demo. Nope. <laughs> that, that's for sure. Um, so when you die in this game, like a Souls like, mm-hmm. you leave behind a marker. And you have to go and pick it back up. If you don't pick it up before you die, it's gone. Yeah, um, just like the normal. Although yep. sometimes it, you, you, there is a, a, a small percentage of chance that you could keep your stuff. That happens once in a great while. In this game? Yeah. Happened to me a couple of times. Like, I didn't lose my stuff. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, like, a, it's, a, it's like a 6% chance. Oh. It's like very You just got low. lucky. Yeah. But it does seem, I mean, I'll say this, like, compared to Dark Souls, at least, it does, like, you can't really do death from above in Dark Souls. It does. Of course you can. Really? That's like a basic tactic. Yeah, I mean, they, they I remember, it. like, in the first one, like, the one boss fight on the bridge, like, I was, it's awkward, though, like, in Dark yeah, Souls. Yeah, I mean, this one has more of a, uh, there's your one-hit kill. Yep. If, he, if <laughs> I'll they be grab back. you with that, you're dead. I'll be back. Um, <laughs> the, uh, no, yeah, I mean, it's, it's less, uh, like, this has kind of a... Um, like an auto-target for it. As soon yeah. as you hit the button, it sort of shifts. Like, moment, downward moment, momentum stops, and you sort of shift into a, a different downward yeah. stab thing. Whereas in Dark Souls, you basically just hit the button, and, like, you sort of move your sword beneath yeah. it. Yeah, and, and fall, yeah. But, I mean, that's a, that's a... I mean, I do that all the time in Dark Souls 1. Um, and Demon Souls had it, too. I just think it feels better in this game. Well, it feels like a more intentional mechanic yeah. in this. And, I it mean, almost mo- feels like it's, like, not supposed to work in Dark Souls. Well, it's also that, you know... Dark Souls doing it like that is almost ten years old now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, there, it's not like they haven't improved things, uh, especially when you're talking about Team Ninja, which prefers to have a little more deliberation, or more, a little more of a deliberate thing on, on the abilities you have. Um, oh, dead. Hey, he had one one pixel of health left. I'm like, I'll run in quick slash fin. Oh, nope, <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah. And here you can see I'm picking up my stuff from my grave there. Yeah. And uh, you know, in general, it's very similar to the first game. Like the upgrade system seems pretty much the same. Um, there's a lot more weapons to choose from. 
the enemies are way more dangerous. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the first game was not a pushover. The first game was... Yeah, oh, yeah, it was hard, too. I mean, it was harder than Dark Souls, I felt yes, like. Yes, I, I think Neo is, is harder than Dark Souls. Um, how, do you think that how you select your weapon in this game is going to be in the final game, or do you think that was like a placeholder thing? Because you go into this room, and they're just sitting there, and you kind of walk around and sample them mm-hmm. before you pick your weapon. Do you yeah, think... I think, yeah, I think that's going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't determine which weapon you're allowed to use. It just gives you a... Each weapon gives you a stat, a stat minor base. stat bonus, and you start with a basic version of, that, of those two weapons. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see any reason that would change. I'll say this, too. The, uh, the upgrading in this is frequent. Yes. Because I didn't play it very long, and I was able to upgrade, like, my skill point. The skill trees in this are insane. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's very similar upgrade systems to the first game. Um, the skills are different um, in, in places, and obviously there's more because the, the skills are, are, a lot of the skills are weapon-specific. Um, so you are upgrading your your ability to do things specifically with each type of sword or the axes or whatever whatever you're using, and then you have a familiarity rating with the with it. So you level up your character's familiarity with the individual weapon types. So that's another. I mean, you there are like five different upgrade systems yeah. happening at once at all times. Um, and then you've got the the key blast, and the, I mean, there's tons of stuff to keep track. of. I mean, it is a crazy deep game. It is a team ninja game in that regard, very much so. It's just like, yeah, this is not something you're just going to dive into and play. And like that was probably that was part of my problem is like I wasn't wasn't in the mindset, the, the frame of mind for a for a sit down and you know commit yourself kind of game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I I had time to play it, but I spent probably two hours with it before I just. Mm-hmm kind of lost interest like is this is all this is not going to be the game that gets me over the soul no, well, i mean count. this game is even this is one of the least forgiving stamina bars in this subgenre so. i'll say this though about it the enemies also operate on the same system because that i was fighting i was yeah. fighting some enemies and they basically got staggered yeah they would they'll run out of without defense. me hitting them like they ran out of stamina and i was able to go in and like finish them off so at least they're playing on an even field and they have to deal with kind of yeah. the same restraints well, the humans are I right know, I don't know the <laughs> that's a good point yeah but at least like the rank and file enemies that you take on they can run out of stamina too and then become worthless so at least they balance those enemies a little bit mm. Um, but yeah, this is only for the hardcore, strictly for the hardcore. Yeah, if you if you need a game, if you like the Souls games and you're not afraid of the difficulty and you want a game that you can just play for like three months, <laughs> yeah, pretty like, much. Here you are. I mean, these games are huge too, so it oh, may yeah. actually the be first more than gigantic. three months. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt hopeless playing the first one after a while. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm taking all this time to play this amount, and I know already how big it is, and it just became so disheartening that I just gave up ultimately. Yeah, there's a there's a demoralizing aspect to to the first one that I eventually did stop. And like, you're right. I mean, I hit a point where I'm like, oh, I finally beat that boss, and I got to the safe. You know, they got to the the shrine, and okay, now now I got to do it again with whatever the hell, whatever the next thing they're gonna make me do is. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that this game is just like, in, you know, if you if you get one dodge wrong, you die. You're dead. You die. You gotta do it. You all make again. one mistake, you're dead. Yeah. Even Dark Souls gives you like a couple shots before it yeah. kills you. And you get, I mean, you upgrade your health or you yeah. upgrade the same. You'll get like there I upgraded eventually. my armor before I even finished, yeah. like after a couple hours, and I could see the difference like right away. Yeah, but I just like was a point where I'm like, I get it. It's a demo, but also it's a demo. And like if I'm gonna go through all this, I'm gonna do it in the, f- the final game where I get to keep my save. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if this lets you transfer your save. Maybe it does. They didn't like, say actually whether the. I don't think it will though because I don't think this is the beginning of the game. Like, it would be weird for that cutscene to be the start of the game, but it is Team Ninja. No, so. I, I thought that felt like the beginning. Of really? The game. Yeah. 
That seems really kind weird. Media res There's like no thing. setup or any relation I mean, to the prior. They don't introduce the character like you. Well, here's the thing. You're just kind of standing in the background. Yeah, well, like, here's the thing. I, th- I think if you are familiar with Japanese history, you already know who all those guys are. Mm. Like, you're aware of what the situation is. Oh, uh, okay. Like, it would be like, we wouldn't feel the need to explain who Abraham Lincoln is in a in a Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, you know I guess I mean? that's true. Yeah. Kind of limits its market maybe a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not here for the story. I'm here for the, for the fighting. The combat. Yeah, here for the 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 fire and the evil and the killing. But yeah, uh, wow, it was. I was not ready for. <laughs> I was not ready for how hard this was going to be. I mean, Team Ninja. I think its engine also could probably use a little bit of a dust up, dust yeah, off. I still feel like point. it's slippery. I, 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 it feels a little slippery to me. The fighting doesn't bother me. I just think the overall visual quality. Their their engine is starting to fall behind mm. the big boys at this. Yeah, point. I think it looks okay. I like I like all the weird effects on things and the the particle effects around the monsters and. Like, there's a lot of detail if you can, like, get anything to stand still long enough to look at. Right, you know? right. Yeah. Like, the monsters are very well made, very well done. But, yeah, uh, the the map, very much like Dark Souls, twisting paths mm-hmm. that all can lead to the same place, ultimately. And then when you try to run away from someone, you're like, wait, I don't know where I'm going anymore. Ah, I'm dead. You can't run away. They run they after you. They run all the way after you, yeah. And they are as just as fast as you. So once you engage, you're engaged. There's, I mean, you can get away if you want to to try to think about what you want to do and have them run after you while you hear their footprints in the satellite surround mm-hmm. speakers. But as soon as you stop, they're right there, and you're going to have to fight them. So there's no reprieve in this game. It's really hard to sneak, too. The enemies seem to have really good hearing. It's just really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for a challenge... Definitely follow this one on Sifted. Um, they haven't put out a ton of media for it, but I have a feeling that that bow is about to break, and we should be getting a lot more on this game uh, in the coming days. Not a lot of people played this demo. Um, you can just tell by on YouTube like how many people had uploaded like gameplay of it, and there was like hardly none. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's still there. But if you're interested in playing it, you should literally like as soon as this show is over, go and download it because. They even say when you boot it up, this is available for a limited time, so play it while you can. So, not much time left. This is a PS4 exclusive. Are you surprised that this continues to be PS4 exclusive? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know why it would be, but... Team Ninja doesn't really have a history of making PS4 exclusives. Not really. I it's mean, more were, akin with Xbox, if anything. The but, old one was. But, right. You know, it's, it's a very different company now. Oh, yeah. I mean, Itagaki's Absolutely. long gone, and it's, yep. it's, it's, I mean, it's not really the same thing anymore, although the pedigree is... is the, you know, the, clearly, the company culture is similar, because you can sort of see the pedigree in these games compared to the old... Uh, well, it has Samurai. Ends. <laughs> but that, also just sort of the, that is, like, the incredibly long and difficult uh, you know, Japanese like ninja samurai-based gameplay. Like, it's... it's uh, they have a they have a tone for sure. Yeah, for sure. They have their thing, and this is definitely their thing. Yeah, cranked they, up to like twelve. One of them. They got two things. They got this kind of thing, and they got dead Boob. alive, and they got boobs. They got boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they haven't combined the two for this franchise for the sequel yet. Although well, we haven't played well, the whole is, thing. This is their historical game. Right. There were, there were no boobs in history. <laughs> we, we know this. <laughs> All there, right. So there were only flowing robes. <laughs> So there you go. That's Neo 2. Again, it's a PS4 exclusive. I, I I think it's weird, especially for something that's kind of niche to not put it out on Xbox as well. But, you know, Xbox does so poorly in Japan that I yeah, can also, just not be worth I can also kind of understand if you're kind of making a game like this for your territory, then maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't make as much sense. But in the West, it makes a lot of sense to put this out multi-platform. So there you well, go. Probably on PC. Yep. Yep. 
So there you go. That's Neo 2, only coming to PS4. All right, we're going to talk next about Ubisoft. We talked about Ubisoft last week, and we mentioned that it had delayed a ton of games from its roster, three games to be exact. And we talked about those for a while, and we were kind of confused. Uh, we knew that Breakpoint might have something to do with it, but then Ubisoft had a financial call this week, and it confirmed that, in fact, the response to Ghost Recon Breakpoint has caused Ubisoft to completely reevaluate everything Hmm. how it pitches games how it bug tests games which teams they're putting on games how they're splitting up their teams to work on games which as you guys all know is a big deal at ubisoft there really aren't there really isn't a single development team that works on a game at ubisoft starts it and finishes it without anyone else it is kind of like an amoeba that morphs there's a core for each core team for each game but like each game is worked on by several hundred people across the globe basically it's like arts over here and this is over here and you've got kind of a brain trust team based somewhere that is sort of like we are in charge of this game but at no point is everyone who's working on the game all in the same room basically um you it is it is assembly that's why ubisoft has all those satellite offices everywhere we're like you know maybe you're 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 making you know you're making Assassin's Creed Vikings or whatever, and you're based in Toronto, but um, you know the 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 music's being recorded in you know in, in Europe, and uh, the sound mixing's being done in Shanghai, and the, it's like it's you know it's a global thing every single time. Yeah, especially whenever they they hit like the last eighteen months of development. That's yeah. when that's when you get team... four or five hundred people on the on the yeah. on a single game across the planet. That's when Team Ubisoft jumps on yeah. the project to finish it. That's why the the credits are like longer than the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean their credits are like literally like thirty minutes yeah. for each Ubisoft game. That's pretty much how it works. So Breakpoint comes out. It is a pretty massive disappointment. I think it's Metacritic is sitting at below a six right now. Mm-hmm. There aren't many Ubisoft games from the last 15 years yeah. that have scored that low. I mean, I struggle to think of more than, like, three. No. Some of the Far Cry spinoffs. Maybe, like, I don't know, a couple of rabid yeah. games or something. Like, it's not a, it's not common. It's the, Their games that score that low are typically their casual casual or like just dance stuff or, or kids like, stuff uh, yeah yeah it's not their big quote-unquote triple a big budget games that are made for adults but that's what happened with breakpoint and for good reason breakpoint is broken in a lot of ways um Bro- broke point broke point they couldn't have named it better really they really couldn't because in a, it made it, it, it literally was their breaking point it wrote the lower third yeah. <laughs> it was just like uh i could sit here and try to be clever but it it would not be as good as what is most obvious and i'm a little stunned at how few updates there have been for this game yeah like one major patch like That's they it. have it's like you got you you got to bake this thing guys well i think that maybe speaks to the fact that they are going to change how they do qa yeah That'll probably be, I think, the biggest change because you can't really switch courses and say, oh, we used to pull in everybody from Ubisoft to finish off our big games, but we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to go back to the old way where we just have one team that's dedicated to a game and they work on that game until it's finished and then it ships mm-hmm. and then they start working on the sequel. Like, I'm just interested, like, how, like, what the nitty, like, kind of the nitty gritty of, like, what they're talking about here is because, like, I don't feel like anything in Breakpoint is flawed conceptually. I think the problem is they didn't finish it. Well, the problem well, they is said. like they've got you can see the little seeds of like the survival stuff and like all the all the things they were pushing in that trailer 
that I thought was bullshit and you thought was in, indicative of a complete change in direction. Like, if any of that stuff had been real, it would have been a complete change of direction. But, like, you can see the vestiges, like, vestigial limbs of it in the game, in the final game. But they just never did anything. You know, it, they never grew in anything. And it just feels like the the problem doesn't seem to be, like, you know, they're talking about changing the, how they pitch the game. And da, da, da. Like, the problem isn't the pitch for this game. The problem is, like, what you made isn't what was pitched, I think. Yeah, or, or in my opinion, what was marketed. Ubisoft yeah. did comment on... I wonder how separate marketing is from development, that marketing was told, this is what the fact sheet on the game is, and they made a thing... And it just didn't match up with what ended up getting finished. Things may be different now, but back when, I guess it was probably Assassin's Creed 3, uh, we had a big meeting with Ubisoft because they wanted to start charging us to run its trailers. I remember that, yeah. Um, because their trailers were doing like five or six million views on game trailers, and they were salty over it. And they literally like pitched to us like, hey... Would you be interested in paying for our trailers and then getting to run them first? And I was like, how about we just stick to the whole thing where you give it to us first exclusively. It does 10 million views in three days, and then you give it to everybody else. Hmm. And they're like, okay. (laughs) It's like, don't mess up something that's working for both sides right now. But anyway, the reason I'm talking about that is because I realized that day that marketing at Ubisoft, or at least it was, was a part of development. Because we were supposed to meet with PR and the developers who were supposed to talk to us about their whole plan for Assassin's Creed 3 because we were supposed to come up with this elaborate plan to promote the game where we would do like five weeks of features on the game and then run some of that stuff on the TV show with Jeff. And so we came in to pitch like our ideas to knock down the exclusive for it. And um, that that just flowed out of that conversation organically where they're one that they're like, yeah, you guys need to uh, start paying us for this stuff. And two, the fact that their marketing team was just a part of the development team. Like they mm-hmm. were there with the developers. I don't know if that's changed over time, but back then there was definitely synergy going on. I would venture to guess that has changed because with Breakpoint, what the marketing team did is not what the game ended up becoming. And you can't, Blame that on the developers. You can't just, like, change your game's focus, like, overnight and shift gears. That's not how it works. So to me, it appeared like the marketing team was trying to find an angle. And this goes to what Ubisoft said about this. And what it said was, we can't keep making the same game with a different coat of paint. That was what Eve said Mm -hmm. during the call. And so their concern is people are getting to the point where, oh, it's a Ubisoft game, which means I'm going to be doing the same crap that I'm always doing in Ubisoft games. And he didn't really, he didn't seem to attribute the poor performance of Breakpoint to the quality of the game or the polish of the game. He seemed to think that we've been shoveling the same concepts and the same ideas out there so long that people are getting tired of them. Basically, loot-based shooters. And I... I think you could argue that releasing something like this so close to the Division 2, if you truly mm-hmm. want the Division 2 to be the, be this living, breathing platform, that was a huge mistake. And not that long after Wildlands, right. really. Yeah. I mean, they made this in two years. Right. So they sent, I wouldn't say they sent them out to die, but they certainly capped the potential mm-hmm. of two other games to release this game. It definitely felt like they were, um, it felt like this was just like, we have to put something out in Q4. Right. Like, we, uh, no Assassin's Creed this year, so we have to put something out. Yep. And this is what it was. And it really, I, I, I believe this thing was not ready to, to be released until March. Probably. Which is 
isn't that when which makes sense wildlands came out when yeah. it came out in march like, yeah this feels like an end of end of uh, fiscal quarter game and if you look at how polished it was that lines up yeah. Because you could see that the problems that it has yeah. could have been fixed like in six like six more months. In, yep, in the it oven. would have been gravy. And then you've got like you got Watch Dogs Legion. Yep, which apparently wasn't going to be ready until you know taking that same slot that that normally it feels like everything got moved up a quarter. Yep. And after this, they're like, you know what? Let's just push everything back where it should be. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, good for all those games that are going to you know improve because of it. But it's like, it's a. I mean, I I know that that's just sort of how corporate business works but it's like weird that you have to you have to have this happen to you publicly and financially to recognize that this was a bad idea well i think the uh, both the irony and the problem with watchdogs legion was that one watchdogs actually does have new concepts it's mm. not going to be this same old game so that's the irony is that watchdogs actually is different it is kind of breaking yeah. out of that ubisoft template. which is i think why it's taking so long in part i mean it, it, it's Watch Dogs Legion has definitely taken longer post Watch Dogs 2 than the average Ubisoft sequel should take. You know, yeah. They, they can pump these things out real fast. Yep. And it's not even the same team that did 2, so you'd think they'd be like, okay, get this thing out in two years, hell or high water, here we go. But they've been working on it for, like, what? When did Watch Dogs 2 come out? Ooh. Like 2016? Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, so we're going to be in four years. Four years is a long time for a Ubisoft sequel. It is. I mean, even Assassin's Creed even Origins. A, e- Assassin's Creed Origins was only three years after Syndicate. Yeah, um, but they pushed this back, so it's ironic because this actually is something different. But it's good that you know because mm-hmm. there are these new concepts. They're like we can't have what happened with Breakpoint happen with this game. Right. It's too well, big. Because the other possibility there is you put this thing out before it's ready. And then the conclusion of Ubisoft is that, like, oh, well, new stuff doesn't sell, so we should just do the same thing over and over again again. Yeah. So, you know, I think – but I think you, you, they do have a, a, a slate of things that are breaking their own mold. Like, with with this, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is looks like it's just out in Completely crazy town. Out in outer space, um, yeah. Although I will say this. So, Gods and Monsters, which is mm-hmm. Ubisoft's the Zelda, Zelda-ish, Zelda-ish clone yeah. – um, which there you're seeing is. right now, uh, it was delayed drastically. It was mm-hmm. supposed to come out early next year, and they delayed it to... That was like January 26th or yeah. something. Yeah, and they delayed it to, we don't have a date. Mm-hmm. And I think what ha- This is being built by the Assassin's Creed Odyssey team, by the way. That's mm-hmm. a team that's the core team on this, before everyone else jumps in to finish it. I think what happened was this was just basically Assassin's Creed... Reskinned. Reskinned. Yeah. And I think that... Because you can see it. You can see it. And I think what they, they're saying is, okay, this is what we need to get away from. Yeah, this has to be something else. It has to be different. And I think that game now probably is, is like a Gen 9 game. That's my mm-hmm. guess. And I think they're probably going to do a pretty big rework. I don't think they're going to ditch it because the response no. to it was like response amazing. response too good. But I bet you're going to see instead of – because if you look at this, you can almost see that it's a reskinned Grease. Yep. And like – with a different art style. I feel like if you, you you go back to the drawing board a little bit here and you add dungeons yeah, puzzles and, like, you make it, like, you really lean in hard on the Zelda thing as opposed to just sort of, like, doing a mod of Assassin's, of Creed. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I have a feeling this will be the biggest casualty. Yeah, of... it wouldn't surprise me if we didn't see this till 2021. I have a feeling this might be the next game that we're talking about, like, is it ever coming out? Maybe. Like, we've kind of moved, like, Beyond Good and Evil is that now. Eventually that's going to come out, and I think this still mm-hmm. won't have come out, and we'll be like, what's going on? So is this smart, what Ubisoft is doing? 
I mean, it would have been smarter to not be in this position. Well, let's let's anyway, tackle that from two perspectives. Like, so let's tackle it from Ubisoft's financial perspective, and then from from the perspective of the player. Yeah, I mean, I think long. I think it's smart from both both perspectives because you're going to get better. You know, theoretically, you're going to get better game in the hands of the player, and you can only ride that sort of wave they were on so long before it crashes. Yeah. And I think as bad as Breakpoint's performance was. I don't think you're seeing the absolute worst case scenario oh, no. that could have resulted. Yeah, so yeah. it's better financially that they recognize this now as opposed to like three more games like when that it's in. Too late. Yeah. And then like you're already in like crazy in the red. And I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to have to absorb a pretty rough Q1 next year. They have a rough year this year. Yeah, but like Q1, I don't think they have a major release. No. Because um, they have to move Watchdogs out. No, they're making all their but, money on like Rainbow Six Siege right now. But you basically just have to bite that bullet and, and eat the loss and say, you know, in, you know, in your financial reports in March, you just assure the shareholders that like... This next 12 we, months, we're, you know, we're, it's going to be it's awesome. A, it's a course correction, but, you know, we got new systems coming out. You know, the revenue for this fall is going to be crazy. Maybe they get Beyond Good and Evil 2 out. They're definitely getting a uh, Assassin's Creed out in yeah. time for a new system launch, and that's always done well for them. Yep. Um, hopefully it'll be better than Unity. Um, <laughs> I mean, not better in terms of Because it game. will be that team's turn. Yeah, because I, I, mean, I, I like, actually like Unity once they fixed it. Like, yeah, Unity's yeah. actually a pretty good game. But like when it, was it launched, broke. it was just completely broken. It was worth, worse than Breakpoint. Yeah, it was the, the Breakpoint of Assassin's Creed. It was, yeah. Um, and really, what? Because like, and now we're seeing the breakpoint. I mean, the yeah, there's like more company wide similar response to the response they had to Unity for the just the Assassin's Creed franchise. There, yep. you know, the Assassin's Creed franchise after that was like, all right, we're going to finish the Victorian London one we're doing, but then we got to come up with something else. Yep. and they did, and it worked, and it's great. Like, so you know, this has been you know, circling the wagons and kind of calling for all hands on deck and like we got to rethink how we do this has actually been a positive thing. For pretty much everyone concerned, the last time Ubisoft did this, so True. Yep. I'm hoping that this results in something uh, good for everybody. Yep. But I guess really the end result is none of us are going to be playing a great Ubisoft game for a really long time. No, Ubi is pretty much off the board for at least six months. Yeah, now. which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the big boys. It makes some of the best games in the yeah. industry. And but on the flip side. Uh, it ain't like we don't have other things to That's do in true. Q1. <laughs> there will be I plenty mean, to take up our time. That's absolutely it's all right. Johnny Silverhand is coming. <laughs> all right, let's move along. We're going to talk next about. We're going to talk a little inside baseball here. Mm-hmm. We try not to talk too much about like games media and games journalism on Game Face because I feel like it's one of those things that we care about a lot more than the audience cares about. Mm-hmm. But then, like every once in a while, I get messages that are like, "Are you going to talk about this?" So some people do care, but we're going to keep it quick and light. Um, just so you guys know what happened, maybe you guys don't even know what happened because like, here's the thing. Nobody published stories about this. Like if you wanted to find a story about this, cause like, like the, after the day after it happened and it was the biggest story pretty much that day I went to sifted and I, I think we were like recording. I was doing something. I didn't have a chance to curate. So I was looking for the story about it on sifted and there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the heck? Like we didn't curate this. So I emailed Vincent, and I was like, hey, how did we miss, like, this story? And he's like, because no one reported on it. So I started, like, digging around, and sure enough, he was right. Like, there was not a single major publication mm-hmm. that reported on it. It was purely, like, people on Twitter. Yeah, it was Twitter it. and, like, fan sites. Mm-hmm. And so I started – we, we tried to find one. We, we did find, finally, a story from one of those sites we normally curate from that just kind of wrapped up what had happened but didn't tackle it right when it mm-hmm. happened. Um, so anyway, if you guys don't know what happened, and it's not surprising because it, was, it wasn't really that reported, 
Kotaku last week went on Twitter and basically said that they were given a mandate by their parent company to only discuss games. And that had happened at Deadspin like a couple days before. And Deadspin is also under the same umbrella as Kotaku. The, pre- the previous Gawker media yeah. stuff. Yeah, because basically what happened was Gawker was owned by Univision, which mm-hmm. is like a Spanish-speaking TV network, mm-hmm. and the, like the biggest in the world. It's a big company. But they just, I've done some stuff for them. Yeah, but they decided that they didn't want to have that type of content because it wasn't in their wheelhouse. They're like... These companies are doing okay, but we don't really mm. get that business. So well, also they, the the Hulk Hogan lawsuit didn't help. Didn't help either. So yeah, he ended up getting what eighty million or something. something like I mean, it was the end of Gawker itself. Pretty like, much. But, but the the satellite outlets that were under that under Gawker Media got sold off. Yep. And so a private equity company basically buys Gawker out of bankruptcy is what it comes yeah. down to. So you had Kotaku and Deadspin and Jalopnik and Jezebel and The Root and all that stuff. That's Which is all, all under that same up. umbrella. And they were snatched up by a pri- private equity firm called like G slash O Media or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, it appears that either GO Media is run by conservatives – or they just really believe that each site, publication, whatever, should just stick to whatever is in their masthead. Mm-hmm. And Which not, is not how those have ever been run. That like, is always been tons of crossover. No, but first sites. of all, as a sports person, someone who loves sports and who knows Deadspin very well, if Deadspin had just stuck to sports, they wouldn't have a brand to buy. No. The reason Deadspin blew up was because it didn't just stick to sports, and it wasn't afraid to call things the way they were. And not just, and they do talk about some cultural stuff. And if you follow like Deadspin's Twitter, yeah, like if if you're a big fan of Trump, you're probably not going to be happy if you follow Deadspin's Twitter. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do stray outside of sports, but when they do cover sports, at least when they launched, they did it unlike anybody else. They they brought culture and the people of sports into their coverage. And it was great. People loved it. It exploded. It became huge. And they got the new management. The new management was not happy with the what was happening on their Twitter feed, what was happening in some of their articles, because they were mentioning cultural stuff like they always had. You should know that before you buy it, you think, if you're that private yeah, equity why company. Are you it why are you, you buying it if like you don't like that? Does. They didn't change when you bought them. They were doing the mm. same thing. That's how they built their business doing this. So, long story short, actually, it's still a long story, long story long, everybody left Deadspin. So, first, the editor-in-chief stepped down and was like, no, you're telling me how to run my editorial. I'm not going to do that. And he resigned or was fired or whatever, and then the whole staff quit. I'm not, say- I'm not exaggerating. It wasn't like a- the whole staff. Deadspin has no editors. In fact, you had an anecdote when you came in. Some they brought yeah, some yeah, the scab next day, in. They brought in a, like a freelancer to to do stuff, and like it, like halfway through the day, he was blown up on Twitter, and they're like, "You're a scab, and you're doing." And he didn't know he didn't really know didn't the know. situation. Yeah. So he's like, and so he quit that because like, it was, after again, lunch. it wasn't reported on. Yeah. Like so he's like, "Sorry, I didn't know. Thanks for letting me know. I don't want to be part of this anymore." And he just ba- he bailed. Yep. So that's they had no no one. Yeah. They, they were and gone. they still don't. That's yeah. Deadspin. Deadspin is dead right now. There's nobody working there. Mm-hmm. They aren't publishing. Like they're dead. And, and so, it's so and like they've tweaked the algorithm to just sort of like offer up like old stories that are as innocuous as possible. It's yep. very fun. It's actually pretty fun. And so. 
Yeah, and so then today, the head of editorial there, the guy, the guy who, who demanded sports, sports, sports only, resigned. Because of course he did. <laughs> so you have this guy, and maybe he was just taking his orders from, and this is the way corporate America works. Like, oh, yeah. the messenger gets killed. It's not the person who actually made the decision. It's the guy who had to tell the people this yeah. is the and decision. He, I mean, I can, you can totally imagine a higher-up guy. It's like, well, you just didn't deliver the message correctly. Right. It's it like, was, how else do you deliver yeah, that the message? The way you phrased it is the problem. Right. It's not our edict that caused the problem. So he steps down today. So he does this thing that causes the whole content team to quit, and then he quits. Mm-hmm. So Deadspin is dead. Kotaku, dealing with the same parent company, has a different problem. They did get the mandate that says stick to video games, don't talk about politics or culture, like just mm-hmm. talk about games, and they bristled at that. But the big problem for Kotaku is that the private... Like, how do you Schreier do his reporting without talking about... I mean, I unionization know. comes up every single time he does one of those investigative know. things. Like, that's the whole point. Right. That wasn't the biggest problem for Kotaku, though. Right. They this is the ad thing. They, yeah, they didn't bristle as much about the stick to whatever you're yeah, covering I mean, thing. They don't stray from games much they don't. Kotaku, ex- except when Brian Ashcraft is talking about some weird anime porn right. thing periodically. Yeah. But they're not crazy political like Deadspin was no. or anything like that. The problem with Kotaku was— And Deadspin, really, that turned in, that became a thing when um, Kaepernick— became a thing like yeah they, they, that was where they really started getting into it and it, and it they got views like people yeah, it people worked. read it like it, it was it people, was a good angle it was a good angle absolutely it was like the anti-barstool yep that's a good way to put it <laughs> which actually i you know i've always felt barstool also approached it similarly in the sense that, like the other barstool's angle, mo- yeah barstool's more about similarly more about who's telling you the news rather than what the news is yeah. you know like they it's about who you're getting your sports from yep and I would say that Barstool represents sort of the other side of the spectrum the other as spec- well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, um, but Kotaku's problem... I learned things reading Deadspin. I, I didn't learn much reading Barstool. No. <laughs> They're just a bunch of meatheads. Yeah. They are the stereotypical jock But culture. I would argue that it is the same format idea. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, but Kotaku's problem wasn't really with that stuff, although I'm right. sure that, you know, if you talk to them privately, they'd probably say what's going on at Deadspin is crap. Well, and no, no writer likes to be told what to write. No, ever. Kotaku's problem was this private equity firm had started running obnoxious ads. Yeah. And so they first started running, like, autoplay ads, which everybody on the Internet hates. Yeah. But to be honest with you, they're everywhere now. So... They don't bother me so much. Again, yeah. I also work in journalism, so I'm. Well, no, I mean, I use I use an ad blocker most of the time, and sometimes like you know, say, oh, please whitelist our site because I'm like, all right, fine, I like your style, whitelist, and all of a sudden, poof, 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 yeah. it's like, it's get, I'm like, okay, no, I'm. Well, you can that, look on, on your ad blocker though, like ESPN.com oh, yeah. or IGN.com. If you use an ad blocker on their homepage. They will block. It will block like forty ads. Yep. That's not an exaggeration. Oh no, you see a little counter go. It up. counts it. Like, yeah. Forty ads. It's insane. So that's. That's going the other direction. But, and the reason we're talking about this is because what's happening at Kotaku is what happened to game trailers. So the parent company starts running these obnoxious autoplay ads. That's bad enough. Kotaku pushes back against it. Says, no, our users are going to hate this. Yeah. We hate it. And ran like a like a mocking story about it. Yeah, they ran a story about it saying, this isn't on us, or this isn't our mm-hmm. decision to do this. Which was then deleted Yeah, without their... Well, knowledge well then what happened was they the autoplay ads started having audio hmm. if they weren't just playing video the audio was on when they would start playing and that is when kotaku rebelled hmm. 
that's when Kotaku wrote like the scathing, like this isn't us, like this is a terrible idea. This is coming from this equity company, our new, uh, these new owners. Um, and then they were smacked down by the equity company. Basically, for a day, mm-hmm. people wondered if Kotaku was going under. Uh, they wondered if Schreier was working there anymore. They wondered if Steven Totillo was working there anymore. And as it Tim Rogers, Tim Rod, I mean the whole staff. They were all, mm-hmm. and I I love that they all stood up for each other. That they all rallied together, and they were like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna figure out what our messaging is, and we're gonna present a united front on this because you have to. Mm-hmm. If if you're splintered as the staff, they'll start picking you off. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, you're the guy who doesn't like it. But here's because you got to remember, do. like as much as like you know, I definitely saw when the when the the autoplay ads started, like people were on Twitter like blaming. Kotaku, like they were blaming because people don't Schreier understand how it works and shit like that. I don't and blame like, people for that because you can't expect them to understand how the business works if they don't work mm-hmm. in it. Like they, all they care about is getting what they want, getting the content that they want, listening to the podcast that they like, reading the review from the editor that they respect. They don't care, and this, again, this is why we don't talk about it a lot on Game Face because most people mm-hmm. just don't really care. They're like. Why is Shane talking about, like, some other outlet? I just want to know what he thinks about game X, Y, or Z. And I get some of that. But I think there is a part of our audience that does kind of care about this. And there's a part of our audience that that kind of wants to do this as well. And I think this is educational for them. But basically, Kotaku is running into the same problem that game trailers ran into. You're not generating enough revenue in other ways. You don't have enough other revenue streams to bring in enough money to offset the loss of ad revenue. So when you start losing the ad revenue, the mothership starts saying, oh, no, 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 you, we're not going to make less money this quarter. We're going to start, we're going to figure out a way that we can make that same amount of money and we're going to make the user experience worse. And that is exactly what happened at Game Trailers. And we didn't have like invasive pop-up autoplay ads, but how it affected us was our ad frequency. We went from, during the glory days of game trailers, the ad frequency was one to three or four, meaning you could watch three or four videos before you'd have to watch a pre-roll ad. Once the mother the mothership started taking over and SVP started meddling with game trailers who had no idea what game trailers was, they were like, oh, what are you doing? Why are you taking care of the user? Oh, we're going one-to-one ads. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. We Every video you watched on game trailers, you watched an ad. And that's when we started to see our traffic fade. Um, And then people were like, oh, well, you know what? I'm just going to start using Adblocker. And then we lost everything. We lost all the money that we were making off of people who were okay watching ads because even those people now were like, well, screw that. Like, I have to watch one. Who wants to watch a 30... And this is going on at IGN right now, by the way. Mm -hmm. Who wants to watch a 30-second pre-roll to watch a 30-second trailer? And my guess is IGN's in the same space that GT was seven, eight years ago, where they're like, we have to. Like, if we want to stay alive, we have to run ads before every single video. And even back then, there was a line that people didn't cross, which was embeds. And I don't know why, but for whatever reason, running ads on embeds was like a no-no. Like, if, if somebody embedded your video and they watched it on some other page and an ad would run, like, they would come all the way to us and be like, you're running ads in your embedded videos. It's like, yeah, that's still our video, bro. Like, we still need to generate revenue off of our work. And it took a while before people got over that. Like, now nobody cares if people run ads in embedded videos. Back then it was a huge thing. So you're forced to kind of 
it's tough because you have to dance in between your users and the people who are signing your checks every month. And that's not a position a journalist should ever have to be in. So as someone who's been in the situation that Kotaku's in right now, like there's no easy answer to it because I can tell them, at least based on my experience, the mothership is not going to stop shoving those ads at you. Mm-hmm. Like until you can come up with a way to generate revenue to offset that. So if you come up with an idea and you're like, hey, I have an idea that's going to generate X amount of dollars every quarter that can offset the ad revenue you're going to lose if you only run an ad one out of every three videos or whatever, or you only maybe run one of those pop-up ads when somebody comes to the site the first time in the day and not every time they come back. Like Until you can find an offset for that, they're never going to relent. So that would be my suggestion suggestion to Kotaku, the content team, is you guys need to come up with a way to generate revenue to offset the revenue that they're going to lose with the ads if they stop running them as frequently as they do. Um, but otherwise, it's like a it's a lose-lose. There's no way out of it. You have to find a way to replace that money, or they're never going to relent, and they're never going to change their minds. So what was your take on this whole thing? Do you have one? Not really. I mean, I think the Deadspin guys probably did the right thing. Um, which is nice to be able to do if you have the uh, luxury of not starving to death right. uh, by, you know, by having to quit. Um, probably, it's easy to inv- do if you're a management and you yeah. have, you make a big salary. It's and you probably sock an away. a lot of those guys are probably younger and don't have quite as many mortgages and yeah. children and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see the the solution, especially from the Kotaku side of things, like. Um, like, how do you make more revenue? I don't know. You start a Patreon. Who's gonna Who's gonna join a Patreon? I'll be Kotaku? I'll be honest with you. Like, I have like twenty ideas of how Kotaku could make more money. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna share them, mm-hmm. but I have like twenty twenty ideas for them to make more money. They can do it mm-hmm. very easily, actually. And I mean, I but I also just don't think there's any any solution will placate the people that own them now because they're. I mean, I do believe that they are trying to silence the political talk because the people that write for them do not agree with the people who own them yep. now in terms of, of political spectrum. And it's they're saying it's because they want to adjust and, and solidify the format, but really they want to stop, you know, left-wing speech. Pretty much. And because um, Deadspin was pretty open about their political views oh, yeah, on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which, uh, again, one of the reasons I like them. But here's, here's the other Kota- thing about I mean, doing Kotaku, that, I don't know. What, Kotaku is interesting because, like, Kotaku's writers, I feel, have the easiest time finding somewhere to land. Oh yeah, because Schreier is hugely huge. Dude, reputation. Schreier would be hired before he walked out the door. Yeah, Totillo, huge reputation. Uh, Tim Rogers, one of the best video guys on games right now. I mean, and I didn't even like his his text writing back in the day, but the man he has come into himself brilliantly. Like every one of his like long form crazy forty minute reviews is is entertaining from start to finish. Yeah, any any outlet would be lucky to have him. Um, so like uh, those guys, I think have you have know, leverage in the sense not that the executives would recognize their talent in that regard, but they have leverage in the sense that they know they would land on their feet if they, they get had to walk gig, away. Yeah, although that's not easy anymore, man. That's not no. a given. There aren't any jobs in our industry. No, but I mean, think people would make room for them. Eh, At least those three guys. I don't know. I think they would. Schreier. Schreier for sure. He he would have a job before his foot stepped outside of Gawker's doors. could do anything. He wouldn't even need to, need to stay in journalism. Sure, sure. Want yeah. to really. And Roger, I mean, Rogers could start his own YouTube channel if he wanted, but right. I don't think he's interested in that kind of thing. But um, you, if you ran like a video channel, I mean, help Polygon should pick him up and team him up with uh, Brian David Gilbert. That might work. I mean, most of the sites now are really just concerned about how many followers you have. 
I mean, that's what they're hiring. They're looking at your social media and they're like, how many followers do you have? And that, I believe, has become like one of the most important requirements to hire people in 2019. Mm-hmm. How much, when you retweet something, how many people are going to see it? Yep. Like the follower count is probably more important than the CV at this point. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's cheaper because you can hire these people. They're 19, 20 years yep. old. You can hire them for 40, 50 grand. They don't have a big resume where they're going to demand a decent salary. It's just kind of the way things are going. So mm-hmm. it's no given that if you leave an outlet in 2019, a traditional like journalism-based outlet versus like an influencer type thing, there's no guarantee you're going to get another job in the industry. There's really not. You better hope you've been you've really buddied up with somebody else at another publication. Like yep. literally like your best friend is at another publication. Cuz otherwise, good luck. So yeah, the the answer is Kotaku and I look I get why they rebelled and they bristled and they mm-hmm. pushed back on it. I would have done the same exact thing, but we, the answer, we have we have done the same thing. We have done the same thing. But the in an- less desperate times. Yeah, yeah. The answer is finding a solution. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And the solution is finding a way to generate more money. Um, it's not a traffic problem. Look, if you cannot stay alive monetizing Kotaku's traffic, there's something wrong. Yeah. I mean, something majorly wrong. If you're getting that many eyeballs to your web page every day, there's no reason that your parent company should be in a position where it feels like it has to run god-awful ads to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. So I would just say you know, brainstorm and start thinking of ways. I mean, how, how likely do you think it is that they were actually fine revenue-wise, but the new owners looked at this traffic and were like, oh, if we throw this obnoxious shit on here, we can make even more. The problem is, is that, so at GT, our, and I guess I, pro- I probably should be sharing this, but I'm going anyway. Our, our profit margin was 30%. So the budget that was given to us to run game trailers for the year Ultimately, when it was all said and done, we generated an extra 30% of our budget as profit. That was a joke hmm. to Viacom. Like, literally, like, pocket lint. And so they looked at it like, you're making a profit, which most of our competitors weren't at that time even close to making a profit. Most of them were losing money hand we, over we fist. We sure weren't. Yeah, everybody was, though. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we were a video game publication with a 30% profit margin, completely unheard of. They didn't care, though, Mm -hmm. because we were game trailers at Viacom. They own, like, 10 TV networks, Paramount Pictures. Like, they – it's a joke to them for a company like us to make 4 or $5 million in profit in a year. They're just like, that doesn't – like, why do you guys have a whole floor of a building? Why do you have, like – all these crazy edit suites where the edit suites where we actually cut MTV shows are a dump and they're down in the basement of your building. Like they just started looking at it and they're like, this, this is too much hassle for what we're getting out of it. And so in that, we were in a kind of a unique position there being owned by this big media conglomerate. Whereas maybe Kotaku's kind of in the same boat because they're owned by an equity company that has its hands in a lot of different pies. Like, I don't know. But the similarities are you get to a point financially where the people who are writing your checks think you're no longer viable, and they start forcing things on you to either get you to where you are viable in their eyes or to just shut it down. I mean, that's really what it comes to. And I have a feeling that private equity company, at the end of the day, may be like, we lost Deadspin. Nah. Hmm. It, 
when you're dealing with that kind of money, like billions of dollars versus like of two million, three million, or whatever, it, things become expendable very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what happened to game trailers. And I hope to God the same thing doesn't happen at Kotaku. We tried everything we could to stop it, but the advent of ad blocker at the same time it was happening just crushed us, and that was that. So I hope Kotaku can can maintain because we need them. Like, this industry needs them. If Kotaku isn't writing that stuff, who's going to write it? Yep. Who's going to investigate this stuff? Who's going to talk to the workers who are being mistreated? Like, there are other outlets that could pick it up, and sure, maybe somebody hires Jason Schreier if, that, if it comes to that, but we need an outlet like Kotaku doing this, and I just hope that it can find a way to stay in business and survive. So we'll see. Best of luck to Steven and Jason. Love all those guys over there. They do amazing work. Um, and I, but I, they're smart, and I mm-hmm. know that they're – I know that there are things that they can do to yeah. turn this around, and I hope that they figure it out. And they, but they maybe not it. Tim Rogers because he was born stupid. <laughs> he, was, he definitely was not born stupid. But he will not die hungry. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. We're done with inside baseball. Hopefully, you guys didn't find that too annoying. Um, we do try to t- we do tend to talk about the industry maybe a little bit too much on Game Face. Mm. But we've been in it for so long. It's like if we didn't do it, I don't think we'd be being ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it here and there anyway. Can't say it wasn't informative. That's true. Yep. And you'll learn that's a lot the about tagline. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly the most informative gaming podcast in the world. So PlayStation View shut down this week. It's actually not shut down yet. It is shutting down. And to me, it's Did sad. anyone notice? I noticed because I have been eyeing PlayStation View for since it launched because. I've done a lot of research on cutting the cord, and to be perfectly honest with you, if you enjoy sports even a little bit and you're planning on cutting the cord, PlayStation View was the choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Not only did it give you stuff like the NFL Red Zone channel, uh, which is really hard to get unless you have cable, but it also gave you the option for local sports, and that may have changed. Maybe YouTube TV is doing this now, too. The the Matthews are really into paneling. (laughs) Yeah. But when PlayStation View launched, it was the only cut-the-cord service that also gave you your local sports and news channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a big deal. And I'm guessing now probably all of them do it. But when View did it, it was a big deal. But to me, the breakpoint for View was that it had NFL Red Zone Channel, and no other service had it. And after, what, two years now? It's, it's closing. I think it's long, even longer than that. Has mm-hmm. it been two years for View? More than two years for View? I think it was. I think. I mean, I, I have not paid tremendous amounts of attention, but I knew there was a red zone option through PlayStation for several years. Oh, no, they had Sunday Ticket on PSN. Oh, separate? Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal because before that, you could only get Sunday Ticket on And it's on entirely TV. possible I didn't even realize the View transition even happened. Yeah. Well, View didn't have Sunday Ticket. So Sunday Ticket and Red Zone are different. Sunday Ticket is where you can watch any game from beginning to end. You get every NFL game and you can watch the whole thing. And you get this other channel where there's, like, eight windows, and you can, like, move the cursor around, and it changes the audio to whatever game. That's Sunday Ticket. Red Zone is just a channel that just goes just basically for seven hours straight. You never see a commercial, and it just cuts between all the games. So they have a, a director there, a producer there. It's like, oh, they're getting ready to score in the Steelers game. and they'll March cut. 2015. 2015. So it's been four, 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 year, four years. plus years. That's way longer than I thought. So anyway, View was what I was going to choose, and now it is shuttering. One, why do you think that is? And two, do you think it was the right move by PlayStation to uh, lose that business? Well, I assume it's because no one's using it. Uh, it seems kind of like the PlayStation home of the PS4. 
and uh, honestly, with all the new streaming stuff coming out, I mean, all these new services, I don't see how they can possibly compete. Like, it's it's, it's such a third stringer in that, that kind of, like, streaming cut-the-cord situation. Like, I don't know why you'd even, what, they even bother. Okay, what two services do you think were better than View? I'm not saying they're better. I'm just saying they have more traction. Huh. Like, it doesn't, you know, better doesn't mean more popular. Oh, I know. I'm like, well aware. But people are going to look at this and be like, oh, I'm just going to keep Hulu and get Disney Plus and call it a day. Hmm. You know? Also, like, you're hitting a point where people are, you know, you're subscribed to so many different streaming services that you're paying more than you were for cable. No, I get so, that. And so View was like, if you got a decent package, it was 60 a month. That mm-hmm. same package for me on DirecTV would cost about 120 a month. Mm-hmm. So it was still half-priced. You're, you would lose a couple channels, but they're honestly like the channels that nobody watches. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I think the ability to watch live television is no one cares unless you're a sports fan. Yeah. And no, you're right. That's all that matters anymore. Like, I don't know what sports fans do other than this. I, you know, I assume there are other options, or they just get DirecTV or whatever. Yeah. I'm most sports fa- hardcore sports fans have not cut the cord. Mm-hmm. I haven't cut the cord. I'm not yeah. a sports fan. And you're fan. not even, like, just, a big sports guy. I just... Don't I, I like having live television on on call? I watch like some some deep level some deep cut expanded cable because that is where I worked for a long time and I like yep. that <laughs> like that stuff. Um, I used to watch the History Channel a lot before yeah. it became the Alien Channel. Yeah, that's all I, I watch like Discovery History. Yeah, Discovery and that's pretty History. much it. I mean, I watch news, and sports, um, yeah. and uh, and HBO stuff like that. Yeah, but like. You know, I generally don't even watch TV series until they hit some streaming service. And I, most people and I can are that way. Them. Yeah, and uh, that's okay. I mean, I have, I have Hulu and uh, Netflix and Disney Plus starting next week. Mandalorian, let's go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, do I have anything else? I don't have you. I think that's it. You don't have YouTube TV or Hulu or no. Yeah. I almost subscribed to YouTube TV to watch Mindfield. But then uh, the guy who makes Mind Mindfield made it free to everyone like uh, a month like a month ago. So I'm like, oh, I don't need to do that. The YouTube Red thing. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was I think that was a bomb and a half. Like no one's paying to watch YouTube content. The crazy part to me is that this look. This was no small undertaking by PlayStation. No, not this at is all. a huge undertaking with a lot of R and D, a lot of investment before the thing even launches, and then it does, and you'd only. It just seemed. They bailed way too early on this. Mm-hmm. I think you're also, you also run into a problem. I mean, I run into a problem of like, like I know the PlayStation brand is very strong in the sense that like it's the game console and it's defined game consoles that aren't Nintendo for like you know twenty years now or whatever. But you can't call everything PlayStation something. Like it's too many. You don't thi- think it, that helps? I don't think it does at all. I think because you got PlayStation, you got PlayStation Now, PlayStation View, and PlayStation Vita. And it's like, what is all these things? And just like with a random short word after PlayStation, it doesn't subscribe. It doesn't describe anything. I, th- I think what they're doing. I is- think there are a lot of people that are confused about what the difference between PlayStation Now and PlayStation View were. For sure. I think what they're trying to do though is they're trying to let you know that once you buy that PlayStation. All of this stuff becomes available. For sure. But I think you would have a better chance with it if you just called it something. If you yeah. just called, even if you just called it View. Like, it doesn't have to be branded PlayStation. Because the other th- problem with the PlayStation brand is, like, when, when they announced this, like, one of my friends who's sort of a tech business guy but doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to games was like, what's this View thing that's shutting down? And I'm like, I'm like yeah, it's, it's the TV thing that I don't really use. He thought it was a game service uh, because it said PlayStation. Yeah. 
Like, he had I no idea that. it was TV-related because it said PlayStation on it. Yeah. I had friends who were cutting the cord before this NFL season from back in Philadelphia, and they were like, okay, if I cut the cord, what service can I get where I can watch football? And it was View. Mm-hmm. And now there. Yeah, that was definitely when you know we used to have like football Sundays at my friend's house, and then he had to move out of the house we did that in, and his new place was too small for it. And I I was thinking about taking that over, and uh-huh. I didn't in the end. But PlayStation View, I wasn't going to subscribe to Red. I couldn't get Red Zone because I didn't have Directv. You mean uh, Re- Sunday Ticket? Sunday Ticket. I couldn't get direct. So, I, but I was going to do it through PlayStation. Yep. Because I'm like, okay, that's the solution. It's your only have. option. Yeah. Um, but then I didn't. Sunday Ticket will probably still stay on PlayStation mm-hmm. because that's a completely separate app, unrelated yeah. to them. I mean, that would be the only use I would have for something like for like live television on PlayStation would be that. PlayStation View is not of interest to me. So you're of the mind that them having PlayStation View was not a help at all to the overall PlayStation brand. I don't think so. No. Okay. I don't think they lose anything by getting rid of this. Do you think they gained anything by having it? No. Well, they obviously probably lost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they gained some negative. I don't know. <laughs> so you think they were smart to ditch it? Or I do you mean, think I, it was short-sighted? No, I think it's smart. to. After four years, it's, it's either done it or it isn't going to do it. Like it's, like, I don't think they were dumb to launch it because that was like sort of where the industry was at the time. I mean, it certainly wasn't any weirder than like trying to integrate ESPN and the Xbox One. Um, when was the last time you heard about that? Yeah. Um, but like, that's true. Yeah, it was, it was like you know that was the time when everyone was cutting the cable and everyone would be the one you know if you could be the one that everybody migrated to that would be a big boon and PlayStation View wasn't it and it's not going to be it so you know time to cut bait. I think part of the problem is is that the audience is spread too thin. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. with satellite, you have like two choices in the entire like United States. You have Dish Network and you have DirecTV mm-hmm. and. One will choose one, some will choose the other, but no matter what, because it's so, there's only two, there's enough for each company that they can stay in business. With streaming, though, you have Roku, you have Hulu, you have all these companies. Apple TV, a lot of them TV, yeah. demand a different device or dongle that you have to use Google with TV, them. Yeah. At least with PlayStation, you knew that you you had to have a PlayStation. Yeah, well, that, I think that's also maybe part of its problem is like you know the you Apple TV makes you it can really buy a twenty dollar dongle, twenty dollar dongle, but you can also watch that on your laptop or on your phone. And yeah. I mean, and like, and they did move you to PC yeah, like you, here yeah, in the yeah, last they, like they year. They tried eventually, but yeah. like like trying to keep too late. trying to keep one of those services in an, in an, a specific uh, uh, infrastructure is already limiting it too much for what people want. Yeah, so you want it you want it to be. I mean, hell, I think Amazon the Amazon Fire thing is a little too restrictive at times yeah um, I, I agree with you like i while i could see i think there could have been long-term benefit eventually i mean it wasn't a guaranteed loser like it, it yeah. could have paid it could have hit yeah. it could have happened i but just it don't didn't. think it, sony should be doing that not playstation yes. like playstation should worry about making great video game consoles mm-hmm. and great hardware and great software it should not its brand should not be worrying about locking down some TV show yeah. from the 80s. I mean, really what it should have been, it should have been Sony View, and it should have been on every Sony device. product and device. Every TV, every everything. Yeah. Yep. Every Blu-ray player, mm-hmm. everything Sony makes. Built into everything they should. I mean, it's dumb that Sony didn't do that. But it's because... Does some of the Bravia TVs have View built in? I don't know. I would never buy a Bravia right. TV. Right. But you would think, <laughs> like, yeah. but you would think it, I mean, think it it's a like no-brainer, like yeah, it should have. I don't know. I don't it know. It could have worked. It, it didn't. 
but, but part of it is, you. but part of it is also just it's that thing where Sony's divisions don't talk to each other and hate each other. Yeah, you know, like they compete with each other. Like where it's people, where people are talking about, like, oh, the, the Spider-Man thing with Sony Pictures and Disney is like, oh, well, that's going to affect. No, it's not going to affect PlayStation. Oh, they don't no. give a shit. <laughs> they're they're, probably, fact, they're somebody, dancing around. Yeah, somebody they're... over at PlayStation is probably happy that, right. that Sony's going to Sony Pictures is going <laughs> to rake over the coals again. Shot and Freud. Yeah, uh, it's a very infighty company. It is for whatever reason. And so then the end result of that uh, is like you know they don't cooperate on things like this where it could have been a boon, but it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: I I do agree with you ultimately that it was smart for Sony to get out of that business because it's not it's not its business at all. No, and it's just so it's such a dogfight right now. Yeah. That it, you know, who, I mean, you don't know who's gonna win. You really no, don't. It's hard to say. Yep. And so I agree that it was probably smart to get out of that business. But I will also say this. Now that View is gone, the chances of me, and I hope DirecTV's not listening because I just got a great deal threatening to cut the cord. Mm. But with View out of the way, like, the chances of me cutting the cord now are basically zero. Mm. Unless somebody else can get Red Zone Channel and get better sports on their services, like, I'm kind of stuck now. So... It was disappointing to me. This ta- this uh, this story also did a bunch of uh, comments on Sifted. So it, I'm definitely not the only one who was either looking into it or already had it or was thinking about getting it in the future and are bummed out now that that's just simply not going to happen. But Well, maybe with the monthly fees that this family saves on view, they can get a different color in their damn house. <laughs> what the hell? They can't afford to do that when they have a Peloton. <laughs> Once you yeah, buy a Peloton, you can't afford anything else. We can, we can either rip the paneling out of the entire lower floor or we can get an <laughs> exercise bike. That was our choice. That was our summer choice. Yep. All right, so there you go. PlayStation View RIP. I still feel like we need to get a recording of taps on the TriCaster hmm. so we can salute all these products that keep dying and we talk about on Game Face. There's one, at least one per month that where we could play taps hmm. and uh, and pay our respects, but... That's just, you just press F. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk next about EA. Uh, this is the season for financial reports, and EA just did its own financial reporting, and they had a call. EA's financial calls are usually really drab and really boring and bereft of information, but that was absolutely not the case with this one. It just kind of opened up the dam and was honest. Which is bizarre. <laughs> it's for really EA. bizarre for EA. Between EA and Ubi both like kind of doing this come to Jesus thing, it's just like, wow, what's going on here? Yep. So EA basically said, we've been doing a lot of stuff wrong and we're going to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and or do anything. How about? Well, one, one thing that it released like four things a year. What are you doing? Well, one thing that we have talked about with EA many times over that EA addressed is the fact that it has this gigantic catalog of IP. That is just sitting there and dying. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things it said on the call is, and it is a little late to the party on this, but it said... Just we, a tad. Yeah, it's like, we're going to start reviving our old beloved properties mm-hmm. and IP. So, I mean, I was very... I mean, you hear that and I'm excited where I'm just like, oh, wow. Um, it's very exciting uh, that uh, they might do um, uh, Mass Effect Trilogy, Mass Effect Trilogy Remaster. And it's like... Um, like you want to think that's what that means, but in reality, you're like, oh, that's a Need for Speed collection, huh? Neat. Like, it's like, I, I don't expect to get what I want out of this remaster. Matt, what would you like to see revive from EA's back catalog? I mean, obviously, we need modern remasters of Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would go... That's even, the most obvious, I think. I would go even further with Mass Effect. I would remake Mass Effect 1 to play like Mass Effect 2 and 3. Yeah. Like, Mass Effect 1 is a very primitive-feeling game now. Um, do you think that's the smart thing to do, though? 
Um, Financially. Probably. Make it a better game. Yeah. But do you think people would buy a reworked Mass Effect 1 more than they would buy, like, something from EA's heyday, like a TIE Fighter or something like that that they revived? Well, because that's, that's older. TIE, TIE Fighter's not an EA game, so they wouldn't be able to do that. Oh, that was a LucasArts. Yeah. yeah. They, they have a Star Wars license. They don't own the Star Wars games. Right. Um, if you're talking about back, like back, 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 I think Mass Effect is the best-selling thing they could possibly remaster. You think right so? Now. Absolutely. Without any question whatsoever. Uh, it is the thing everybody wants. It's the thing that every, sing- every single person I saw on Twitter when this, annou- this news came up, they're like, where's Mass Effect? Like, everybody wants Mass Effect on modern systems. Um, but if you're talking about going, like, deep into the back catalog, if you're talking about, like, re- I mean, but then you're talking about, like, do we, are we remastering or are we remaking? Because I would play a remake of Starflight in a second, yeah. but I would not play a remaster of it because right. that game's impossible to play to now because it's really clunky. Yeah, uh, they have a ton of stuff in the back. I mean, I would like to see a modern version of Mule. I think Need for Speed Underground might, but here's the problem: EA. I feel like there's a lot of licenses right. involved there. Yep, that's EA's problem. So many of its old games have licenses that have long since expired. That Certainly going to be a problem if you want EA big stuff. Yeah, I don't ever happen. There's just I I don't think Need although for they made uh, they made SSX three and Tricky uh, backwards compatible on Xbox One. They did. They figured out a way to make that work. That was just mostly mostly lights uh, music clearances though. Yeah. You start talking about like products like Need for Speed, like they have to license all those parts from all those parts manufacturers. Who who made it run like hell with all the balls, <laughs> drink, energy drinks? So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who who did make that. I can't remember. I feel like that was like some t- weird little company or something. That is really the drawback, though, of doing a lot of licensed stuff. Is they're not evergreen games. So my guess is that most of the stuff that EA revives are things where they didn't license anything for it. Mm-hmm. And they were just games that were built in-house, and they aren't like a sports game or a racing game with licensed cars and things like that. Interplay. Interplay. Wow. May it also rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> we play some taps for that company as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if I had to pick, if there was one EA game that they could revive, what, what would it be for you, Matt? Revive like this, like, like I think the biggest waste right now is uh, Wing Commander. Yeah, just letting Wing Commander languish back there. With you know, you, you, EA could make something that would like satisfy like a Wing Commander fan that doesn't want to wait twelve more years for Star Citizen to maybe get their single player module out, uh, like the next year, like or even just remaster the old games and you're fine. Like or clean up the. I'm sure the video ones are messy, but like you really telling me like. In the wake of like the resurgence and popularity of uh, Star Wars and all that, that people wouldn't buy Wing Commander with Mark Hamill in it. Yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. All those. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in there. I mean, it's cheesy and you know, it's cheesy and, and B movie-ish, but like, it's it's an interesting, also an interesting relic of those early CD games where we're like, oh, clearly live action integration is the future of video games. Like, no, nope. no, like. Uh, you know those those Wing Commander three and four are interesting little oddities because it's about probably about as high as the production value ever got at that era because Chris Roberts was a maniac. Yeah. Um, in fact, one of the characters is named Maniac, played, <laughs> played by Biff. But uh, I would say Wing Commander is the is the franchise that they are just not leveraging properly and and it's just languishing in the vault doing nothing. Such a good huge series that they could be back in the day. Definitely. Bringing. I mean, Westwood was legendary. Yeah. 
They should make like a Westwood collection, like remastered or remade. I mean, they or, did at one point, but it's long, long ago. Yeah. I mean, I mean, with modern technology. And or I mean, or I mean, that is Origin, not Westwood Wing Commander. But um, Origins, all you know, I would think that if you want like some kind of RPG, I mean, I know everything's got to be some kind of game as a service now, but like Ultima. Like, just do modern playable versions of the best Ultima games, and you've got, I mean, hell, just clean up Ultima 9, make it work properly, and you might have something right there. Yeah. That was a really early kind of open world thing. It is interesting, though. Of all the publishers, I think EA has the least viable back catalog for stuff like this. Yeah, well, because the problem is so much of their back catalog is A, ancient, and B, just doesn't have a modern verve to it. Like, Or I, they're in licensing hell, where licensing you just, just, hell, just can't, yeah. can't do it. Um. But that's the price you pay. That's why, again, why I say like the Bioware back catalog is probably the most yeah the most interesting approach. Bring there. back Dante's Inferno. Oh, that <laughs> remember that whole era oh, yeah. where EA was actually trying to make new games yeah. and create new IP. It didn't that, go too well. That wasn't the greatest concept <laughs> in the world, but it was at least something. I mean, the concept should be great. A game based on Dante's Inferno should be amazing. Oh yeah. But the way they handled it was like the comic book version of Dante's Inferno. Right. I mean, it was the it was the Image Comics circa 1995 right. version. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Like, it I mean, was there's really a bad. T- there's a ton of stuff in there. back. I mean, just there's so much you could do with what they have languishing back there, and just they don't do anything. Well, they're going to do something. We'll see what it is. Yeah, but again, it's going to be like a Need for Speed thing, and like this. So they said Command maybe, and Conquer, maybe Dead Space, and plus two more. So yeah. Dead Space, they could do something with that. But again, I just don't. But know. I have Dead Space on modern consoles. I mean, that's what I'm saying about like Mass Effect. Like, mm-hmm. I just played it. Like, I don't need it to be revived yet. I would like to see Mass Effect sort of brought up to modern standards, though. Yeah. Because the they best. did make so many strides. It's honestly the best yeah. thing they've done in ten years. Yep. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like a, a lot of it would have to be like ground up remakes of things, like Crash Bandicoot tre- treatment. Basically, yeah. you don't yeah. have to change the game, but you are going to have to remake it because you just can't upres it. To, you can't upres it to the point that it would be acceptable now. Yep. Uh, so EA said it's going to do that. It also said that Apex Legends is going to basically be its cash cow for the next mm-hmm. twelve months. That makes sense. It, it doesn't have a choice. Yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, what else is going to be the cash cow? I mean, it's the only game that's really kind of, like, in the lexicon right now. Um, I would argue that the way they've supported it so far has been terrible. I mean, it's, it's been very uneven. Yeah, I mean, you compare, like, the amount of updates in Apex Legends to its competitors, like PUBG or Fortnite, and it just, it's just, it's a joke. Yeah, How I'm not really sure. I mean, the, if you're really trying to compete with Fortnite, like, I don't know why this is your plan, like... It, feel, it almost feels like they were caught off guard with how popular it became. Right, yeah. Um, like, they didn't expect it to become a smash hit because maybe they are just... Like, nothing ever does. Right. <laughs> Not for EA, it doesn't seem like. It's been a while since this had really had, like, a gigantic, yeah. like, set-the-world-on-fire hit. Uh, all its games tend to do pretty well, but it just hasn't really had one that kind of cracked, broke through until this one. Mm-hmm. But then it also seemed like it's... It's its popularity was short lived because it just did not get the support that people are yeah, used well, to. They, and they weren't expect. able to convert on the momentum. Yeah, and it's faded now. Like I haven't played this game in months and months. Like, no. and I have very little interest in doing so. So, EA says this is what it's going to be pushing hard, while it makes a bunch of other changes. And one of the big changes is the next Battlefield is not coming until 2021 or 2022. So it's fiscal, 
2021, which means mm-hmm. it could actually come in 2022, like the first few months of that year. So what do you think about that? Because that is kind of EA's cash cow. But Battlefield mm-hmm. Five was besieged with problems and issues and promises of content that never came or came half-baked. Or... I mean, it's felt like they like DICE needed to kind of re- regather itself for a while now. Yeah. Um, especially in terms of like, if you're really trying to reinvent Battlefield into something that is like a more of a complete package... They're like I like what they're after with Battlefield One and Battlefield Five, but like the execution's not there. Do you think the war story stuff should stay, or do you think that they should do what Activision did and go back to a more traditional campaign? I think the war story thing works. They just need better writers and better campaign designers. Like yeah. like the idea of of making it like more of a variety pack of like a like a big snapshot of the war in question. That's a great idea. And yeah. it, like it it makes it easier to it's almost like a it's like a collection of short stories. Like it works better that way. But I would say two things is they need to up their their game in terms of uh both the design of the campaign stuff cuz some of it's really good and some of it's a slog. Yeah. And they need to up that. They need to up the writing quality. The writing quality, I mean the 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 production value is there, but the writing quality it doesn't quite know what to do except say, hey, war sure sucks, doesn't it? Like yeah. you need a little more to it, character-driven-wise. And third, they should be twice as long. Like there's not enough. Like, yeah. like you, you need little bite-sized chunks of various places around the various theaters of war, but like you have to give give me more. Because like, yeah, I think the problem three is, chunks is not enough. I think the problem is, and is, it should roll out over the course of the life of the game. Like you don't have to have it all there at launch. But supporting it single player to keep me coming back to play a new campaign thing, and maybe when I do that, I go and I try some of the new multiplayer stuff while I'm there, that should be part of it. I think the jumping around thing is what kills his campaigns. Because you're always in some other country with some other Mm -hmm. soldier, with some other objective, and they're never tied together. Uh, They just feel like these discrete, bite-sized chunks of nothing well that's what i mean when i say that the writing needs to be stepped up in the sense that uh first off you could interleave these things more they they don't all have to be you know one chunk like you could maybe have an option to play them all at once for each area or you could play them in a campaign form where it cuts between each one but what i'm saying about the writing is not just that like the writing moment to moment needs to be better but you need to pick a theme for the whole game you need to choose your different locate unrelated battle locations and characters as part of that theme, and I should, even if these characters never meet each other and never even on the same front, I should see what you're trying to say with this story through these different characters and how they relate to each other in terms of what they're going through. You can like, find a, a way common to do thread. That. There you is. Can, you can do, a, good, you can do but... a short story collection that runs on a theme and has something to say both as individual stories and as a collection of what you've read as a sum total. Like, you can do that. It's not easy to do, but... You're one of the most expensive games on the planet, and if anyone has the money to figure that out, it's you guys. It should be. So Absolutely. That would definitely be my, my goal with the campaigns moving forward. I, I agree with you. I think Battlefield needs a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm burned out on it. I've been playing it for a really long time. And still, like... You know what I'd love to see? Like, if because uh, Call of Duty won't touch it again? Future Warfare. Yeah. Like, do the far future... Like I mean, they've done it before. They did the mech game that one time. They Battlefield, what was it, 2142? Yeah. Like... Do a do a like a hard like a really crazy infinite warfare style like future thing that could be that could be fun with like the big battlefields and being able to fly like the the ships and things around like there, there's there's a thing there's something there. 
I think because I really don't need to play another down and dirty 20th century warfare game. No, them for a I while. think the problem is that Battlefield really hasn't changed since Battlefield Two. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The features like the squad spawning and stuff like that, that nothing's really changed since then. No. Which, if you remember, I argued very hard for that game back when it came out. Yeah. And now it kind of makes sense uh, well, because no, that's, it was a that pioneer. Was, that was still ridiculous, but um, I, I, they, ha- they haven't evolved it since then, and that's part of the problem. Um, they just sort of move the deck chairs around, and like, and the other problem is like, they started doing that thing where like, we're not gonna give you everything that was in the last one, but we're gonna give you weird new permutations of certain things that were in the last. It's like it, it, it it's like how I talk about like the 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 WWE games, like they they don't build on what came before so much as they just sort of like step sideways. Yeah. Um, well, this new WWE 2K20. Well, yeah, that's, I mean that's a whole different <laughs> kettle of fish, oh, but like. Man. But it mean, I mean, even when they found sort of about, I mean, I think Bad Company Two is is a really solid campaign, yep. and then they just never went back to it again. I think they didn't like that people found it comedic, even though it was intentionally comedic. How was it? I mean, it's great though, like yeah, a comedic. I, ver- I mean, there was no one else doing that. Yeah, like, and still, there's no one doing it. No, everyone else is super so- serious and super like you know like somber, like weird, sad things without you know you know. Winston Churchill quotes when you die and it's like but that one was a, was a kind of a fun romp like you can do that it's okay it's okay to make it a little different yep that's still one of my favorite moments of last generation is when the satellite goes crashing over their heads and smashes down like a mile away and the one dude who's obsessed with explosions goes that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, that's great. Like, that's... Yeah. And I, I couldn't quote you a goddamn line out of the last five Call of Duties yep so that's true who's, who's doing better yeah that's a good point. Um, another, or, or any line out of the fucking last two battlefields. Like, yeah. Another thing that EA announced is that it's it canceled NBA Live 20. And is this like the second time NBA Live has gone away? I mean, it's... NBA Live seems to like... Is the least appropriately named <laughs> NBA franchise. <laughs> That's and, funny. You're right, though. No, it's uh, it's... Is it happening? Is it not happening? That's been going yeah. on for like half a decade. It just now. seems like it periodically... Periodically, like EA just like looks at the 2K NBA games and just goes, "What's the point?" Yeah, because they're Which so far behind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So they, but here's the thing: they actually haven't ended the franchise. They just canceled NBA Live mm-hmm. 20, and they're going to debut, re-debut the franchise with Generation Nine with uh-huh. the new consoles. So okay. maybe uh, this time. <laughs> I still think it's a lost cause. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 mean, I just you, think EA's flushing money down the toilet, but. You know what they should do is they should uh, they should take all that and they should really focus on making the best hockey game ever made. Yeah, I mean, I know the audience for that isn't as big, yeah. but no one's doing that. It's, no. a, it's a space in the market. NHL twenty is pretty good. Yeah, but it's but imagine it with like resources. Oh yeah, it like the, yeah. a big budget and everything. I mean, they have that little like fifty guy team in Canada that mm-hmm. makes the EA games, and they can only do so much. Like, it's what about, impressive that they get the game done. Yeah, I mean, it's just not a big enough nope, market. It's a niche like, sport. Yep. Yeah. Well, here's here's some kind of good news. Uh, EA also announced that in next generation, it will be launching a brand new sports franchise. Oh boy! Um, I don't know if you saw this week. Finally, the ultimate frisbee game we've waited for. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this week, but the NCAA just finally decided to Start let players, players make money off of their names and likenesses. So seems like a pretty obvious move. My thought is it's either NCAA football or NCAA basketball. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leaning towards football. Uh, because I would think football because that's their strength. It sold way better than NCAA basketball. And I mean, what's going to happen over at 2K? They're just going to start making an NCAA 
basketball game too. Probably. And like you're not going to be able to outclass that either. Yeah. So yeah, stick with football. Yeah. I, so I mean, there are people dancing and celebrating that NCAA football may finally come back. Uh, there's a lot of people who like it way more than Madden. I'm not one mm. of them. I'm not a big college football guy. My dad was a he he didn't watch i don't think i can recall him ever watching an nfl game but he watched college football at all times if yeah. he was if he was awake there was a college football game on somewhere somebody there's a lot of people like that i have friends yeah. that are like that they uh, he was he NFL. was never through his whole life he was never quite able to explain to me what the difference was <laughs> why he liked one over the other um, cuz i always assumed that nfl was more interesting because it was like the higher stakes pro level thing i'm like well, well it's what? the higher skilled play and i was like what's so interesting about college football especially when you didn't go to any of these schools yeah. and like he was he he would give me some vague answer i mean, i assumed it was because i didn't know enough about football to understand the difference and he didn't want to explain it to me so he was right. just like ah it's just different things in the rules and how it works and stuff it's just, it, I just like it better. Just go away. I think some people who like college football just like the the aesthetic of it. The idea that these are people who are unpaid, who are playing for the love of the game, and mm-hmm. they're not as good. Well, and they, not anymore. Right. And they're not as good, and they make mistakes here and there, and that keeps mm-hmm. games exciting. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. like NFL way more than NCAA. So. And I also, I mean, I guess it, it's also sort of an outgrowth of like sort of the high school football culture, which yeah. I didn't have because we didn't have a high school football team, and I was in a more urban area, but like... Um, I always Friday started, night lights. I, I love the Friday night lights aesthetic, like that idea of like the whole town showing up for the game yeah. and like everybody. It's it's like it it's like a community thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen it happen. Ben, I've been small in smaller towns for various things, shoots and stuff where that happened. Like the only thing to do on that a Friday night, night was to go to the local high school yeah. football game. And no, and even though we were out of town weirdos, they were just you like, come went. on in. Everyone was so nice. It was yeah. it was it was a really cool thing. Carlisle, PA, um, in a nutshell, right yeah. there. <laughs> Central PA, in a nutshell. And All there is on Friday night. And it smells so good. Yeah, all the, the sm- garlic fries, the garlic fr- and fries, yeah. and somebody's yeah. barbecuing something, and like just the grass <laughs> and everything. Like I get it. I get it. Like that college football is sort of that writ it large. Is. Yeah. And it has that same sort of tribalism of like the various look. Even if you didn't geographical. Go, I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't go to Auburn or you didn't go to Alabama, you live in those areas. You are still War Damn Eagle and Roll, oh, yeah. roll Damn Tide. Absolutely. You know? like, yeah. I get it. Like, yeah. but, like there's a there's a there's a hometown element to it that doesn't necessarily exist where you're like you know if you're you know, rooting for some the some Carolina teams. Panthers. Right. It's like, but I'm in South Carolina, yeah, or I'm yeah. in wait, which Carolina is it? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. you're rooting for a team that's like five states over it's the region. Yeah, because yeah, you're in Montana or yeah. something. Yeah, you know, I get it. It makes sense. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, I know that's not that's not really a new franchise, but I guess it's been gone so long that it might as well be. It was gone this whole generation. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, that's cool. Like, I would consider getting that. I would consider getting a, fo- a high school. A college it could be huge. Game. That's my guess. We'll see. But it did say one new sports game coming. So that's to me the best guess. It's either that or like some crazy off. Be- like we didn't. We don't even know. Yeah. Like high lie or something. It could like be. <laughs> so all this stuff that's that EA is doing. Do you think it makes a difference? Maybe. I mean, what they like, what they've laid out here, like you've you've got my my interest a couple places. It just sort of depends on what you're actually like. The details are what matter now. Yeah. Like I don't like none of this sounds bad to me. It just like I'm just kind of expecting to be disappointed. Well, my my perspective is I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Because we're dealing with EA. I've heard stuff like this from EA before, and then it either bails on it or just never does it. Period. Right. So, and it's just like the remaster thing is exciting in the sense that there's so much stuff I'd love to play from their back catalog, but personally i believe it's like here's a remaster of ssx blur it's like go yeah. fuck yourself like come on <laughs> i don't need that here's all the dead space games i have all the dead space games yeah. what do you, like, it you could know, be something like that could be though. Something like, but again i mean the only way to solve that would be for me to get a job at ea and 
I don't know. That's not happening. Claw my way up the <laughs> executive wing until I got in a position to green light. They the go wing, back the and look at some of these episodes of Game Face. That's not happening. Nope. <laughs> um, Eve Demon is saying, "Do you think EA should go full mobile? That's where they make most of their money." He's right. Uh, but no, no, they, they still not. make some games that I want to play Every once in a while. Yeah, so I don't want to go all the way mobile. I mean, maybe they could go full mobile after uh, they lose the Star Wars license. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to Full sum- mobile except for Respawn. Let Respawn <laughs> keep making real video games. How about that? Yeah. Uh, we're, this show's going to run over because we just burned like 15 minutes trying to figure out what happened to the yeah. show. So this is gonna this show's going to run a little over because we still have two topics left, and it's already 3.30. Uh, we're going to talk next about the PlayStation 4. We're not going to just talk about it. We're going to celebrate it. Uh, the PlayStation 4 just became the second best-selling console of all time. It just eclipsed the Wii, and it's now only behind the PlayStation 2. When the PlayStation 4 launched, did you ever dream it could reach these heights? No, not. I mean, not that height, but at the same time, I was one of the few people who wasn't sitting around saying that it was going to be a huge disappointment, and this was the last game console generation. Yeah. That was a big topic It was when that yeah. was changing over, and Pactor was saying the same thing about, like, Oh, they're, I mean, they're, they're going to sell fine, but they're not going to sell like, you know, the old systems used to sell because like, no one really cares about consoles anymore. So, and I was just saying, it's like, bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> like, everybody, I mean, it's not a thing. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And here we are again. And, now, and of course, we're going to get that same rhetoric moving into next year about, like, everyone's like, oh, this is the last time you'll be able to sell anybody a video game console, PlayStation <laughs> yeah. 5. It's like, uh-huh, sure. Well, to be fair, the more we go through time, the more likely it is that it will be true. Yeah, but... the more likely we'll get hit by an asteroid. But I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> anytime soon either. Like, it's not there yet, and it's not going to be there yet for a very long time. And the interest is clearly still there because people keep buying this damn thing. Um, Do you think it's as good as the consoles it's eclipsing? Because well, we're pretty much at the end here of the PlayStation 4. I, I think 4. most of them, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's, it matches up to some of my old-time favorites, but a lot of my old-time favorite consoles were never, were never on that list to begin with. Right. Um, I mean, is it the best video game console ever? Um, it's not my favorite, but uh, it's really good. I think it might be. Yeah? Yeah. Just because the overall quality of games is so high now. Like, you go back and look at the PlayStation mm-hmm. 2, there's a lot of trash on that console. Oh, yeah. And the PlayStation I mean, all, 1, a lot of trash. The place, that's sort of a factor of the era, though, where, like, no one can afford trash now. No one can yeah. afford to put out trash now. If you put out some of that crap that was on PlayStation 2 now, your company go under in a year. Yeah. I mean, you could just pump out the garbage back in And people days. bought it. Oh, yeah. Like crazy. You like, never knew when you were going to be. But like, look at some of the stuff that got made, like that terrible apocalypse game that had Bruce yeah. Willis in. Like somebody paid for <laughs> Bruce Willis to be in a twin stick shooter, yeah. for God's sake. It's crazy. You couldn't even see his face in the game. It's like, why? Like, what, Just what so you can put his face on the box, basically. Yeah. That's the only reason. Um, stuff like that. You know, so, the, yeah, I guess you could argue it was a little more experimental and interesting in that regard. But like the quality of the games has been crazy. I mean, even look at the indie stuff. I mean, the indie stuff is yeah. better than ever. Like... All of it. It's just the games are better than ever. The console, in my opinion, was perfect. And not like a perfect phone call. Well, like a per- the, like yeah. the, seriously, though, the power level, the ease of development, its features, its ease of use, um, everything about it. Like, mm-hmm. they just nailed it. Like, it hit the perfect middle ground between price and performance. Yeah, certainly in the beginning of the generation. 
Uh, I think I think it got eclipsed a little bit in terms of power. I don't think the PS4 Pro was the jump it needed to be. Really. I'd agree with that. Yeah, but uh, it certainly didn't hurt anything. Yeah, I mean I have one now. A lot of people bought it still. The PS4 yeah. Pro. I mean it's so. better than nothing. Yeah, I just it's probably not fair to compare it to the PlayStation 2 or PlayStation One. Or the Xbox, well, Xbox 360, I think, is fair. Which is better, PlayStation 4 or Xbox 360? There you go. I mean, I had a, overall, I probably had a better time with the Xbox 360, but... Because it was the first HD console. Yeah. And it, like had it, was, that it had that had the wow online, factor. You know, it was where online came into its own, and like it was the first time you got to play some of this online stuff in a really like you know well-done way off of a PC. Um, but in terms of a kind of like if you're just going to compare like exclusive things and what you can only play on that system, like I think PS4 might have the strongest exclusive lineup in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, I know the Nintendo fans will not be happy with that statement, but like Nintendo ain't made anything like Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, and Spider-Man in a long time. Yeah, those all came out pretty close to each right other Right next to as each well. other. I mean, I think the closest I think Nintendo's come is this generation with the Switch. Yeah, yeah it's been, this is, I mean, I said it before, I think the Switch is Nintendo's best console ever. Yeah, I mean, I think... I know people don't want to hear that, by the, but... By the end of the run, I, would, I can definitely see that being true. Yeah, I mean, even look at what's happened so far, how many of its big IP we got in the first yeah. couple look, of years. if the next Zelda, if the Zelda sequel and Mar- Metroid Prime 4 knock it out of the park, I will, I will, without reservation, agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I think it's easy to have your perspective clouded by nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Well, as I always say, like, the best thing isn't always my favorite thing. Like, one of my favorite systems is always going to be the Saturn. Yeah. The Saturn was not a very good video game console. Yeah. But it had a lot of my favorite games on it yeah. at the time, and they're still some of my favorite games. Yeah. But I would never sit there and argue that the Saturn should be, like, number three on the right. best systems of yeah. all time list because that's just crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, you got to – at that point, you got to get down to individual titles. Like, Panzer Dragoon Saga is probably, like, my third favorite game of all time. But even, at, even back then, I wasn't going to try to use it as an argument to get someone to buy a Sega Saturn. Yeah. Like, that's just – not a, that's a non-starter but in playstation 4 someone comes to me and says like you know someone just came in on on facebook to me the other yesterday and was like i need to buy my want to buy my six-year-old son a game he wants a game console so what should i get and i told her i get the switch yeah but like i do the same thing the only dividing line between those two consoles in that situation to me is the age of the kid in question if he was old enough and was allowed to play online i'd say playstation 4 like they're they're on par in terms of like the quality you're getting do you think we'll ever see another console sell as much as the PS4? I think we might see the PS5. Really? Like, you don't know? I Wait. don't. I, I think this is it. I think this is the pinnacle. I mean, we people. It have also said that coincided before. with a great time financially for a lot of people. I mean, I mean, the U.S. economy has mm-hmm. been rocking for like twelve years straight now. We'll Everybody see. has a job. Like it's just been the sweet spot. Like well, we'll see. I I think all predictions that consoles have peaked are always going to be wrong until some real revolution in how hardware works comes along. Yeah. Like until or until we are fully in digital world and no one's buying game discs anymore. I like, mean, look, it's it's not still not going to beat the PS2. The PS2 is still ahead by fifty million units. Yeah, the PS2 is not beatable except should. 
I don't know, a change in how we consume media occur. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know what would even have to. I mean, think about that. Because that's what the PS2 was. It was the DVD player. Yeah. You know, and yeah. was, I mean, there was a point at which people were just buying PS2s for every room to in watch the, house. the Matrix. Yeah. Like it well, was then just, it got really cheap, and that could yeah. happen with PS4, where it gets down to a hundred bucks, and it's, yeah, this isn't over. It still but, sells another twenty million units or whatever. Yeah. So, but I don't think it'll hit. I don't think it's that. Close, I think the PS2 no. was the pinnacle. Like it was. For whatever reason, it just hit the cross-section of the technology coming into its own, the game developers becoming better at what they were doing, uh, uh, the console becoming a multimedia device for the first time. It was just, it was the perfect storm, and I just don't think we'll see Mm -hmm. it again. But kudos, man. PlayStation 4... Yeah, but at the same time, like, there's, you know, there's tons of people that were convinced you'd never see another console outsell the Wii. Yeah. here we are. Yeah, that's true. And it just barely did, but still. And the Wii was way cheaper. And the Wii was also, it's not even really, it's like an apples and oranges comparison because people were buying software for their PlayStation 4s. Right. People were just buying the Wii and playing Wii Sports. Right, so. but that gives the Wii the advantage in that in that comparison. Yeah, as far as just hardware it was, functionality. It was cheaper and it was a fad and it was like a big thing that even yeah. non-gamers were buying because it was the hot new thing that was reported on all the local news and all yeah. that crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very impressive the PS4 did that, has done yeah. what it's done, one way or the other. But I also it also doesn't super shock me because I knew that all the doom and gloom over the end of PlayStation, uh, end of game consoles was uh, was bullshit then, and it's bullshit now. I and, think I would and when say it's that. no longer bullshit, I will let you know. But it ain't, <laughs> it ain't right now. I think I would also say, and you didn't declare this, but I, I will. I would probably say the Xbox 360 is the greatest video game console ever right now, mm-hmm. up to this point. Um, and again, a lot of it is what you said. I certainly own the most software it very for well. it. Yeah, me too. Uh, it just it, everything. So many things started for the first time with Xbox 360, or at least they were perfected mm-hmm. for the first time. And to the point, I mean, it it says something that even at this point in this generation, we are looking at the various online features and other functionalities of both of these consoles and saying, like, how come it's not as good as it was on the 360 ten years ago? I know. And we're at meeting at Xbox One. Yeah. I Every time I boot it up, I'm like, why is this so much slower than my Xbox 360? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Uh, but I never thought I'd see the day where, where I would say Microsoft has the best has made the best console ever. But yeah. I just think it's the truth. I just think it's reality. So, And I'm sure people will be pissed off when they hear that, too. But nope, some people in the chat are saying they agree. I'm not completely on it. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a crazy thing to say. Yeah. I just think that the Xbox brand doesn't have the affinity that Nintendo or Sony or even Sega at this point still has. Like yeah. people romanticize those platforms more than X- well, Xbox. Well, that's platforms. coming though because the, the people who were kids and grew up with their Xbox 360 are going to start hitting their late twenties, and that's when this they're going to be like we are with when the nostalgia like, the kicks NES in and, and the know. SNES. Yep. Yeah. All right, let's move on. It's time to talk about Luigi's Mansion Three. Our last topic for episode 189. And I cannot wait to talk to you about this video huh. game. Uh, Matt, have you played it? Yeah. How have you? How much have you got through? I'm like halfway up the elevator. Okay. So you're um, probably at like the eighth or ninth floor, something like that. I think that. I'm in the seventh or eighth, yeah. Okay. Um, I finished it, and I have spent a good amount of time with multiplayer as well. And I just have to say, I freaking love this video game. <laughs> I love it. It is one of my game of the year contenders well uh, i wouldn't go that far for myself however i will say uh like first maybe not foremost but first this is the best looking game nintendo's ever made it's the best it is by far (laughs) the best looking thing on the system it is every single shot has (laughs) ridiculous detail 
the the stitching on his gloves. Uh, like there's details in this that I never even thought about yep, about Mario yep. characters, and it's in there. This game is E A D crack. Yeah, it is. It is one of the most impressive visual achievements Nintendo's ever had. Not only is this and a it, game of the year contender for me, best graphics of 2019 contender for me. Absolutely, it is. Even on the Switch. Spellbinding. Like, it is spellbinding, this game. Every area has something in it. All the ghost <laughs> effects insane. are crazy good. It never it never chugs once. Like, the whole thing is just... It's like it's like butter put on the screen. It's, it's insane! Crazy. This game is freaking awesome. Like, like, there's moments in this in actual <laughs> gameplay that look... To me, I'm like, that's as good as like a, like a DreamWorks picture. Like a CG! It's, it's insane! The animation in this game is bonkers. Is, there's, there is, there's nothing else on this level right now. It's unreal! Like, just him jumping up to turn on a sink. Like, yeah. it's crazy! Like, the personality. It's, it reminds me of watching, like, those old, like, behind-the-scenes specials about the old Disney animation classics yeah. where you'd see, like, the... The you know the, the nine old men and how they like oh this guy does this and so we stretch this and squat it yeah like, like the just the like the mesh of artistry and science as to how to depict the animation is astounding like it's, <laughs> it's just insane. It's, it's ridiculously good. This game good. is so good. Like it is. And I, by the way, who I don't remember is it Universal making the movie the Mario movie? Yeah. I hope you're talking to the people who made these cutscenes, dude. What that happened movie with Nintendo's anim- their animation team? Think back. To Super Mario 64, or even mm-hmm. like Mario like Sunshine or Mario Galaxy, where it was just an afterthought. Where animation yeah. was like it, it was hardly good, even existed. Was, yeah. Oh my God, they're like they become the masters. Like, also some of these cinematics that I'm like, oh, those are pre. They're not. Yeah, like, they're in game. They're in yeah. game. Like you'll see like a stray heart that you left behind floating yeah. behind the or, like, character. Like the, the debris land. Like this is some of the most impressive. It's funny that like this came out the same time, like so shortly at the end of the month, the beginning of the month, we got the Ghostbusters remaster. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is the first time I've been as impressed with debris and blowing stuff apart uh, in comparison to the that Ghostbusters game. And they're both about ghostbusting. Yeah, yeah. What's that about? I mean, this is a Ghostbusters knockoff, really. Yeah. I mean, it's the same exact concept. But, like, you can rip a room apart and debris flies everywhere and stuff. Fly, you're sucking the money up in midair. It's, it's, like, it's ridiculous. It feels so, it's so fun. Yeah. Like, it, the game... Look, okay, I have criticisms of it. They're, it's not perfect. And my biggest criticism is that it gives you everything, like, right away. Like as far I as I felt like I missed tutorial elements early. On. I felt like it didn't ever teach me quite how to capture. Go- I mean, I knew because I'd played the first game. Right. I never. Yeah, it doesn't. Play- it doesn't tell you how to capture ghosts. Really, I never actually played uh, the the DS one. Oh, okay. Dark Moon. Um, is the is the ghost dog from that? Yeah. Is that where the yeah, polter yeah. pup comes from? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's your sidekick. He all gives of you sudden- hints and tips. Why is he afraid of ghosts, but he's not afraid of the ghost, ghost dog? dog. That lives it's with like him. his best buddy. But the problem, the, so my problem with it is, and it's again, I'm nitpicking, is that they give you all your abilities like right away. Mm-hmm. You don't earn like new abilities as you go. Yeah, I did notice you get kind of get everything dumped on you pretty early. With the first like three hours, you have your whole arsenal that you're going to mm-hmm. use through the whole game, and so. It does kind of lack a little bit of that progression arc that you're looking for in modern video games. I admit that's kind of why I mean I it's it's a it's a charming, pleasant little candy of a game. Uh fitting for something that came out on Halloween. Yeah. But like I forget I own it. 
Like I keep like I, I haven't played more not because I don't like it but because I sit down to play stuff and then like halfway through I'm playing something else I'm like oh yeah I have a Luigi's Mansion yeah yeah I could play that I don't think I just don't think about it and like I, part of it is because I'm hitting that that you know floor seven eight nine stretch where I feel like oh you're not getting anything I'm not new. getting anything new it's yeah. not going to evolve the gameplay I'm just sort of doing new permutations and trying to it stays yeah. that way to the end and like that's unfortunate but like that's really the only complaint I could I can really think of all that and like. I wish there was a slightly um, more elegant way of turning him when you have a charged light flash. Or just, when you use the supernatural the, 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 lens yeah, to like reveal just, stuff. Because you lock in to whatever like direction you're over, facing. Yeah, you're stuck in whatever direction, which is handy if you know what you're after. But if someone changes direction and you don't want to recharge that, you're like, well, i got to reach over with my thumb and turn the thumbstick because I can't do that because I'm using this to charge that. And, and it like, still doesn't really work anyway, to be yeah, honest It's a you. very It's a minor control complaint you kind of like, have to like i started thinking about but it's it, just like, so weird to run into something like that in a nintendo yeah, game because yeah. they usually streamline that stuff to hell and back i started thinking about it and i could not think of a different way for them to handle it no unfortunately. I, literally the only solution i can think of is like well really the game should read my mind right like there's, like, there's <laughs> yeah. no other solution i mean there's nothing yeah. they could do it's just that's the only place it gets awkward so while but it's it's nothing it's, it's, it's yeah it's, so while the progression arc as far as like gameplay elements does kind of end once you get a few hours into the game, it, the, what what keeps you going after that is what is around the next corner. Mm. Because like, the, well, what's this floor going to be like? Yeah, because the way they've designed this, the last Luigi's Mansion was one tone the whole way. It was a good tone, but it was the same the whole time, and all the levels were the same. You were just in this mansion with mm. these ghosts. And honestly, that game probably ended at the right time for what it offered. This game is, like, probably three times as long as the original Luigi's Mansion, and it never gets stale because every floor is a completely different theme. And when I say completely different theme, it's not just, like, okay, this is a jungle level, and this is the snow level, and this is the beach level. Like, the mechanics in those levels change. So, have you got to the uh, desert floor yet? No. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god. So you you start in the what looks like a hotel and you have like that little landing area outside the mm-hmm. hotel doors and then you finish with that area and there's a door that you walk through and you walk out it and you're in the desert basically. Hmm. And it is all covered in sand and you can vacuum and blow <laughs> all of it. It's insane. So at first when I started playing the level, I was like, "Oh, this is fun. I can just like Suck up all the sand in this desert and make, like, tunnels and pathways and all this stuff. And then I started to realize that I could, like, blow it and push it and make platforms out of it. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm a genius. Like, I wonder if anyone thought to just blow it and, like, make, like, their own platforms. And then the game starts making you do it. You get inside, like, the dungeon, and suddenly they're asking you, you need to blow the sand correctly to build platforms so you can get to places you need to go. This game is freaking amazing. Like, it is just next level in so many ways. Like, I don't... You don't get bored in this game because it is so fun to just walk into a room that's cluttered with crap and just start blowing and vacuuming it and watching all the stuff fly off of the the shells and just scatter along the room and then slowly get sucked into the vacuum. Like, the physics and stuff in this are freaking amazing. Like, this game is awesome. 
go buy it right now. Like I, again, I don't get into the, I don't know what other reviewers were thinking business, but reviews sold this game so freaking short. Like nobody did, talks about the brilliance that's in this thing. Like what did, what did it, I didn't actually look at reviews. It's like an eight, 8.4 or something like mm. that. It's not outside the realm of reason. It's not like they bombed the game right. or whatever. I'm just talking more about the substance of their reviews, about what they didn't talk about. Like, the stuff that would make people understand why it got such a high score. Most of the reviews were like, it's more Luigi's Mansion, and that's pretty cool. Like, no. Like, this game is, like, next-level crap. Like, it is yeah, EAD. I mean, I don't know one way or the other because I didn't play the second game, but, like, it definitely didn't feel like just more Luigi's Mansion. Uh, look me. at this. Like that feels look at when I'm pulling all those dollar bills off mm-hmm. the, the the sound effects and the the feedback that you're getting in the Joy-Cons when that is ha- it just it's just awesome. Like this this game is great. Like this is easily top 3 game of the year for me. It's going to be a hard decision for me. There's still some stuff to come out that could certainly compete. But I'm looking back across it. To me, hands down, whether this is game of the year or not, this is the best crafted game of 2019. I have not played a game that has more attention to detail, more care. You can just tell that every room in this game was just worked on for just weeks and weeks. Like every room, like you look at it, what we're playing right now. Even like, oh. the even the stuff you get, like you know, because like when you suck up things, that you can like get. You know, items is a, the items that come out of the things you suck up make sense to oh, yeah, come yeah, out yeah. of the things it's all, you suck up. Everything like, is so like you meticulous. get dollar bills that come out of coats. Right. Like it's just like yep. it, it makes it it's there's like, a lot watch of thought this bag here. of money. When that money goes into the air and you kick it up and you start it feels so amazing. Like I don't even I can't even put it into words. And I think that is what that is one of the traits of the best games. When you cannot even put it into words what it is about it that makes it so awesome, like it's just the way it feels. Like, every room has just tons of secrets. So it's fun to just go into a room and just fiddle around. Just use the vacuum to pull on stuff, tug on stuff, mm-hmm. blow stuff around. And use... that's how you find the secrets and the, the crystals in each uh, yeah. gems so, in each floor. Yeah, and... each floor has, like, six to eight hidden gems that you can find. And one thing I will say, too, is that, like, you get money for most of the rewards in this, and the money's like worthless. Like you buy like extra lives, or you can buy like a crystal detector or it, a boot cer- detector. It certainly isn't particularly difficult. No, it's Again, the it, battles and the fights are easy as crap. Yeah. But the puzzle stuff, like figuring out what you need to do for each ghost boss, eventually gets more interesting because like, yep. it's like you have to figure out the, the trick, and then like say, okay, that's cool, you know. But it's never like a. It's not a. It's not some kind of like difficulty based slog. But uh, it's 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 just there. Sucking to be up fun. the ghost is easy. It's there to be fun. Event it is. Some of the stuff with Guigi later on, it'll test your your mm. your mental capacity to figure out some of the puzzles and stuff. And I would also argue that those are some of the least fun parts of the game when you're when you're using yeah. Luigi. I well, I always Gooigi. thought that um, like the first time you really have to deal with with uh, sort of a puzzle thing is like on this one floor where uh, you have to keep getting this different keys. Yep. Those those the different keys, the the spade and and heart and diamond, the the card the card suit keys. Yep. And there's a point where I was like, okay, I'm I've I've gone up and down the stairs enough times now, and they're trying. You can see them trying to keep it light and get you you know teaching you how to use guigi in that section but like by the time i was done with that i'm like um i'm done with that part like we cannot do that for a couple floors now. it never gets like that again yeah like he just and 
some of the stuff, some of the puzzles in this game are like genius. Like mm-hmm. literally, when you figure them out, you're like, "Who freaking thought of this?" Although like, even when like even when you're you know getting through it, because I think you have to open like four or five cash registers with the keys over the course of that puzzle. But even by the last cash register, the the cutscene where he puts the key in and turns it is so feels so concrete, and the animation's so. The snicked of the key yeah, like and seating in the lock. And it just, yeah. like, the key just looks like you could reach out and grab it. Yeah. Like it's just the 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 simplified visuals let them add so much fidelity to it that it just it doesn't even matter. The art style's perfect. Like this is the perfect culmination of art style and hardware. Yeah. Like they th- this will they will never top this game on Switch. This is the best looking game on Switch. I don't think they'll ever beat it. Because by the time this team is ready to do something else, Switch 2 will yeah. be here. I mean, even if you make like a Mario Odyssey 2 that uses this same aesthetic for the most part, the areas are going to be too big That's to, exactly. to have the fidelity there. So, Matt, you probably remember I have talked about this multiple times on Game Face, where I have been waiting for a developer to make a game where it's all indoors. And it mm-hmm. can just make the most use out of whatever hardware it's on. And that's exactly what this game is. All, I mean, there are so many crazy... Look at just the fog coming underneath that that the walls on the right there. Like, you, everything in the game is volumetric. So that's sand, volumetric. That's why you can suck it up and you can blow it and, like, build sandcastles with it. Fog in the game gets sucked into the vacuum. Like, and you don't even notice it sometimes. Like, you'll be standing next to, like, that little switch over there that's, like, smoking a little bit. And you'll start seeing, like, little wasps of that smoke starting to curl, like, towards the vacuum. Like... It's crazy. This game is just, it's next level. Like, I mean, I, the GameCube one was like that too. Like, it was. For the time. Yeah, for the time. It was like mind blowing. And like, if that's all I could hang his hat I mean, on. Look, this, at the, look at the stitching on his shirt. I know. Look at the, like, like, the material. If you, if you ever wondered what it would feel like to touch Luigi, <laughs> and we all ga- have, this game answers that question. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say to tell you it's awesome. This game is freaking awesome. I, it took me about. 16 hours to finish the campaign, and I will say this, like, I got into this game to where I was searching around and, like, trying to find every gem on every floor. Um, I don't know how long it would take you if you just plowed through it and just, like, because the way the game is set up is, is you have an elevator, but all the keys are missing from the elevator. So when you defeat a boss, they give you a button for a new floor of the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Unless a mouse steals it. Right, right. And so each floor has like a boss that you need to beat to get the button for the next floor. And then it also has like those eight gems to find. There's a boo to find on every level. And if you use like the feedback on the Joy-Cons to like hunt down the boos, you may not even got to that yet. No, I, have the, I can have hunt you the got there? now, yeah. Okay. Um, and that's, I think, the last power that you ever get mm. is that 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 rumble whenever you get close to a boo. So you do all that on each floor, and then there's 17 floors. Um, and this game is so ripe for DLC because all I have to do is just stack another floor on the hotel. It can go forever. Uh, the multiplayer, it I will It won't, though. It won't. They'll never do any DLC for it. I don't think they will. I think they will. I don't think they will. We'll I think see. this is it. I think they're going to self-contain it. I would like to I mean, you could do a whole other tower. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could just build another tower next to it. Like, it could keep going on forever. And if they put the same uh, TLC into the game they did into this one, I'm there. Uh, the multiplayer, I will say I was a little disappointed by, but it's still really fun. Um, it's you Basically, it's just a horde mode where you and three players just go through level after level, and you have to do it within a time limit. Uh, having to deal with other people was a bit <laughs> of a problem. I don't know if it's because yeah, it's just life. I, don't, I mean, it is, but I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying in relation to other like mm. consoles playing online, 
Like, people just kind of throw temper tantrums playing this, and I don't know if it's because the people playing are kids or whatever, but, like, a lot of times you'd be, like, halfway through a floor and people would just quit and give up and, like, go to the end room and just, like, shoot each other with the vacuums. Like, it got frustrating. Like, I was trying to make progress through it, and uh, most of the people I was playing with didn't care about that, and it, it did get a little frustrating. I did have a few matches with people who were into it as much as I did, and I had a really good time. It's just more of an awesome experience, in all honesty. Um, but like I said, it, it did take me about 16, 17 hours to finish the campaign, and I was spending a good bit of time hunting around, trying to find all the gems. I did not 100% it. There's a lot of them out there that I, have, I still have not tracked down. Um, but go buy this game. Uh, if you hate it, I'll pay you for it. Like, I, it, Seriously, like it's that good. I'm that confident in somebody buying this game and thinking it's just as awesome as I think it is. Um I, here, here, there's the sand level. Oh, okay, so what we thought was fog is actually sand. When we saw this trailer before, we're like, oh, he's sucking up the fog. That's the sand level I was talking mm. about. Um, and it just keeps getting better. Like, you just never know what's going to be around or what's going to be the next floor up in this game. Like, brilliance, Nintendo brilliance. When people talk about the Nintendo difference, this is it. This is the, this is the game that shows people what that means. This is... The pixie dust that we talk about with Nintendo games. This is it. This this has that special sauce lathered all over it, like the attention to detail on every little nook and cranny of this game. It's it's EAD. It's the the real team at Nintendo may, uh, with a master class on how to make video games. It's awesome. You guys tired of hearing me gush over this game? Because I got more. Like I seriously, I love it. I, this is also the most fun I've had playing a game this year. It helps that it's not, like, deathly serious. You're not worried about people dying or getting their heads blown off or whatever. It's it's certainly lighthearted. But there's also some genuinely, like, spooky. I wouldn't go scary. But I would say there are some parts of this game that will bother kids um, that are a little disturbing and maybe a little bit much for, like, five, six-year-old kids. So it's not, like, totally, like, kidified or whatever. There are some parts of it. And there's some innuendo and a little bit of the text. There's no voice acting. It does, like, the... The Banjo Kazooie like mm. mumble speech. Yeah, I mean Mario and Luigi talk as much as they you know. There's like yeah. Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the Charles Martinet sort of like all through chattering. He does a great job too. Like with Luigi, like his emotes and like his little quips. Like mm-hmm. when I first started playing this game, and my wife was hanging out while I was playing it in the living room, we laughed for like the first hour. It just what Luigi was like saying as he kind of looked at stuff and checked it out. Great freaking game, man. This is Nintendo in all its glory. Um, yeah, if you're talking about the Nintendo difference, to me, this is the game that, that typifies it more than anything. More than Zelda. More than Me Too Zelda. Which, you know, Zelda was like, hey, we're making games like everybody else now, but it's got Zelda paint on it. This is Nintendo. Mm-hmm. This is all Nintendo's ideas. This is all Nintendo's polish. It's just amazing. I freaking love it. So there you go. Anything you want to add about it? No, I mean, I'm not as over the moon of, uh, uh, with it as you are. Um, what other criticisms do you have of it? I don't really have criticisms of it. I just think it's sort of a light, it's sort of like in the same way that like a really good cake isn't my favorite meal of all time. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a delight. It's a delightful little treat. <laughs> um, but at the same time, when you talk about like, you know, it's the most fun I've had playing a game all year. And I'm like, well, I must have had more fun playing something else all year. I can't think of anything. I mean, there's games that I'm that might have spoken to me more, like Disco Elysium. But did they I have, have more like did an I have, emotional impact? Did yeah. I have fun playing Disco Elysium in the way I have fun playing this? No, because it's a different thing. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, in the end, probably I I don't I mean, and partly that's a that says something about the year to me. But like, yeah, yeah this probably is in my game of the year ranking when the, when it's going to come down to it. And I mean, I still have my fingers crossed that Fallen Fallen Order just blows everything out yeah, the back of the back of the theater. But like, I'm definitely holding out for that. Uh, I don't know. Like this is uh, just in terms of production value and and it all works and it all is there's care taken in it. Like there's you know I don't have a lot to say other than like. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it is a little awkward to play early on, but like, I think it's partly because it's not like anything else. Yep. You know, it's, it, no one else is making. No one's making Luigi's Mansion clones. Nope, that's for so, sure. Uh, it's unique. And we probably won't get another one for another yeah, ten not years. Until, probably. Well, I don't know. We'll see if this one sells sells well. Maybe we'll get another one on the next Switch. I mean, they did put out one bought. for 3ds not long ago. Yeah. So I think that was testing the waters to make sure this thing wasn't going to tank. And this could tank, by the way. Like this it could. game could absolutely like sell like crap, and we never see another one it again. It could, but it'd be a shame. It would be a crying shame. It, this game lets Nintendo be creative more than any of its other licenses. Yeah, I mean, because it I re- gives you carte blanche to do whatever you want. Yeah, especially I mean, I, now that they set it up on floors. It's not like I was super looking forward. It was you know, it's not, this is not a franchise that like gets my attention automatically or anything. But even like you know, I you know, I bought it, preloaded. I'm like, here we go. It's coming out. Come out Halloween. Here we go. And uh, but it was it's 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 delightful. Like it's just it's in a way that like Mario tries to be but often doesn't achieve. Yeah. Like this one does it. Like yep. this one this one figures it out. Like the mainline Mario games should have this level of polish and quality. And I don't feel like it does it. anymore. No, I don't think it does either. I, I didn't I, think Breath of the Wild had it either. So this to me is like the toss back Nintendo doing Nintendo better than it yeah, it feels, it it feels like time. it feels like a GameCube game in a positive way. Yeah, you know, like back when they back when they were really knew what they were about. Yeah, you know what I mean, I love it. I love Luigi's Mansion Three. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Full price. Don't wait for discounts. You won't get one anyway. Yeah, you're ne- it's never gonna get. <laughs> hey, this this game not- may, if it doesn't sell, it may never come down in price. No, like, ever. Yeah, if you don't, unless you intend to wait like four years, like yeah, you're you're paying full price for this one. Yep. So I give it my highest recommendation. Or at least throw it into your target buy two, get one free plan. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, make it part of make it part of your purchasing. Yep. And again, don't worry about the stigma of the first game where it was like really short. Um, I think I gave the first one like a 7.5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to write an eval for this. You'll see my eval score for this very soon. So there you go. Luigi's Mansion 3, only available for Switch. And just enjoy, like, the weird little tech tricks that, like... Pay attention basically to what's even, happening. Even games on the more powerful consoles aren't trying. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's part because they've, you know, like you said, they're, it's indoors. They have very small areas they have to worry about. But they're still doing it. Yeah. It's still, it's still a really cool example of something that people aren't... other. You know, everyone else is busy making their open worlds, and this is, like... Yeah, what if we just handcraft everything down to the wire? I mean, I, there's so much cool stuff. So you suck up a ghost, and like, there's always like this little cutscene when, when right before they get sucked all the way into the poltergust. And there was one boss I was fighting. He was sucked like halfway into it, and he was screaming. And as he got sucked into it, when his head went inside the poltergust, his voice sounded mm-hmm. like it was inside the poltergust. Like if you get near flames with the poltergust. Just bear it. You can see the flames on the top of the candle starting to arc mm. toward. Like it's just actually, nuts. yeah. The 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 sound in this is really good. Oh my god, it's amazing. And it's mixed so well. Like yeah, it uses the surround in a way in ways the Switch games usually don't seem to bother with. Like this, it's a technical tour de force for these guys. I mean, it it's, uh, it's just look at it. 
It, I mean, they're, I mean, they are they are styling on this one. Yeah. They're showing off. Oh, in for this sure, game a lot, a bit, and it's like it's yeah, really, like, I'll switch it's under really power, something. Really, <laughs> it's really something I could stand to see more often from them. Yep. All right, that's it. Especially for it's so weird. It's like, I mean, if, it even feels like Nintendo treats this franchise as kind of an afterthought. Yeah, but I hope it sells well. I it's really routinely do. one of their strongest entries in the in a year. Yeah. There you go. That's Luigi's Mansion 3. It is time for our trailer of the week. Those of you guys who are on Sifted, I have a feeling you've guessed what the trailer is going to be. Matt, I think you probably guessed before you even got in here what the trailer was going to be. Yeah. Uh, this is a good time to get your questions into chat. Go at Sifted Games so we can pull them out of there and get them sorted from all the other comments in there. Uh, but our trailer of the week this week is for the Netflix series for The Witcher. This is the last trailer for the series. The series launches December 3rd. Is that right? I thought it was later in December, but it is December one way. It's like a month away. I'm sure it'll say at the end of the trailer. Yeah. It's like a month away. So very, we don't have to wait close. much longer. You're, you're going to be binging this show over the holidays, and your parents are going to be like, ah, I need the TV back or whatever, but binge you will. And here it is, the final trailer for The Witcher series for Netflix. Let's roll it. I've heard tales of your kind, Witcher. You're a mutant. Created by magic. Roaming the continent. We don't want your kind here. Hunting monsters. For a price. I thought you'd have fangs or horns or something. I had them filed down. <laughs> People call you a monster too. Why not kill them? Because then I am what they say I am. All of our choices draw our destinies closer. If he is out there, there is still hope. They say witches can't feel human emotion. What do you believe in? Break the sun. Evil is evil. Break the sun. Lesser. Break the sun. Greater. Middling. It's all the same. Cirilla is your destiny. I can't protect her. If you dismiss it, Girls! you will unleash true calamity upon us all. I'll take that chance. Holy crap, man. And they spared no expense That's no on that joke, one. man. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, Netflix wants this to kind of be their Game of Thrones. I so. did not know that. Oh, yeah. That's they're, they're, amazing. They're all in on this thing. It looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, it could be totally total garbage, but... It very much could be. It is very but, well uh, shot, that's yeah. for sure. And the production values are, like, through the roof, so... Oh, yeah. They're giving it a chance, at least. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll see if the writing holds up. It, look, it looks right, um, and I'm, you know... Cavill, I mean, I, 
look, Cavill's Superman is terrible, but it's not Cavill's fault. It's yeah. Zack Snyder not letting him emote. If you see him in almost anything, any other thing he's ever done, especially Man from Uncle, Man's very charismatic, a lot of fun to watch. Um, so um, and it looks like they're letting him play Geralt like across the whole spectrum here. Uh, the Geralt from the books is a little more uh, animated, a little more emotion driven. So uh, if they put that in there, it'll be a, it'll be he'll be an engaging character, and uh, he looks looks just like it's him. It's a so spitting like, image, seriously. I mean, I know who ev- I know who every character in that trailer is just by looking at yeah. them. Yeah, and you can't yeah, they didn't say, try to yeah. like change them. No, or you can't say that with every adaptation and stuff like this. So I think they're they seem to be on the right track. Yep. Uh, before we get to questions, your questions. Uh, we have a game to give away for another episode. This game comes courtesy of Erebus Jones, and it is Shenmue 1 and 2 for PC. So we're going to give it away the same way we did last time with The Walking Dead. We're going to do a quiz. It's going to be an easy quiz. Um, so basically, you need to get your hands on your keyboard and ready to type. It's not that you're going to have to think about it. Either you know it or you don't. Um, and Do again, you know where sailors hang out? <laughs> that's not the question. <laughs> I should have used that, though. <laughs> um, uh, so we're going to give you a quiz. Whoever types it into the chat first is going to win it. I know that's not fair. There are some people who are on DSL or whatever, and you're going to lose. There's just really no other way to do it, unfortunately. So we're going to give you one quiz question about Shenmue. And again, it's an easy question. And whoever gets it in first is going to get the game. Do not type in the answer if you do not have a gaming PC. Don't take this code and, like, try to sell it on GOG or whatever. Like, let somebody win this code who wants to play Shenmue 1 and 2. Please, I ask of you. And here it is. You guys ready? Get your fingers on the keyboard. First person to... Should they have to spell it right? Yes. I don't even know what you're asking. No, I don't think they should. If we know what it is, you'll you'll win. You don't have to spell it 100% correctly. Someone says Rick James. <laughs> Wrong. All right, the question is... And don't you blurt it out. Who is the villain in the Shenmue series? Let's see who gets it. The clock, really. (laughs) It's not the clock. (laughs) You say that now, but then when you're waiting for that damn arcade to open. Rick James. There it is. Estmont got it. Land D. Mm -hmm. There you go. Estmont, you win. And I hope you have a gaming PC and you're going to play this instead of just taking the code and doing whatever with it. Uh, send us a DM to our Twitch page and uh, I'll get back to you right after the show is done and I'll send you the code. But make sure, like, send us a friend request so we can uh, DM back and forth and then send us a DM and then I'll get the code to you as soon as the show is over. So there you go. Congratulations to Estmont. I told you it was easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Landy. Who hopefully we'll see the end of that saga here in the next like week and a half. It's coming probably up, not coming up pretty soon. Probably and Suzuki not. said it's still like only like a yeah, third of the story. I know that jerk. Uh, let's see. Do we have any Twitch Prime to thank people for? Here's Commander Fett 03. Thank you for 13 months. That is freaking awesome. And on a five month streak. Um, anybody else here at the end? It looked like a bunch of you guys uh, did it. Jay Reed Vic did. Jay Reed Vic, thank you. Appreciate it, I don't brother. Know where that was though. Um, there it is, Jay Reed Vic. Thank you. Eleven months straight. That's freaking awesome. Okay, it looks like that's it for the end. Uh, thanks to you guys who stuck around too after the stream went down. That sucks, and I can understand totally why you would just close out the browser and go do something else. So thank, for, thank you guys for hanging out. But on the flip side, one of you got a free game for sticking with us. So there you go. Hmm. Let's get to some questions. Mark Simpson UK. After such a glowing review, is it now time to purchase a Switch? 
is Luigi is Luigi really worth buying a whole new platform for? Like, no. No, but there's a lot of other stuff yeah, there's, in addition. Yeah, this is like the thing that puts you over the top, honestly. If you've been waiting to get a Switch, this is the game that puts you over the top. That makes it worth spending that money to play this and Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and all the other stuff that Nintendo's mm-hmm. put out that's been great. So, yes, if you've been waiting, this is absolutely and the Fire Emblem point. Three Houses. Yep, and- which just came out. Yep. Uh, J. Reed Vic 7, looking back at the real reveal of Xbox One, is it ironic that more than half of the games now are partially or completely online only? I don't know that I Why get that. Why would one. that be ironic? Because of the whole DRM stuff at the mm-hmm. beginning. I mean, we've kind of talked about this before where we were, we were like, wait, would Microsoft's idea work better now? Would people be more receptive to it now? I don't know. I don't know if they would, honestly. It was better. It was better just to let the digital marketplace sort of grow itself. You know, it naturally take over, and it, it seems to be. So, yep. Um, here's one from Vincent. Rumors are swirling now that Microsoft's next purchase is Platonic, the ukulele developer. Good purchase or great purchase? He's not asking good or bad. Is it good or great? Well, when they make a good game, let me know. Um, <laughs> You're right, though. They really haven't yet. But, uh, I mean, Rare ain't making games like that. Those people are gone. Some of them are at Platonic. So, I mean, at this point, Microsoft needs the, the Microsoft needs a deep bench. And adding Platonic to that mix can only help. I, I think it's a very smart purchase, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the main thing with with the the two games they've made, I think, is they they seem to lack resources, and that will be solved if Microsoft owns you. So, you know, it can only help. I think it, it can do what Rare should have been doing for Microsoft all along, which is creating more content for younger players. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was the whole idea with Rare, was like, hey, we, now we have this great developer who can make entertainment for all ages, not just kids. It seemed like it was, but then they just threw them on Avatar crap, and that was the end of it. Yeah. And so this, and to me... And Yeah. So this, to me, could be that, that gap filler for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as good as Rare, let's be honest. Even no. even they're not as good as today's Rare. But the old Rare was a, I mean, it was a, there's a moment in time. It was, you yeah. Know, like, you can't recapture that. But you could maybe try another Viva Pinata game. Just Would saying. you want another Viva Pinata? I like Viva Pinata. It's okay. It's unique, that's for sure. Even, even by today's standards. I mean, I like a good unique. little, I mean, what was that? that? That zoo game came out today, right? Yeah, yeah it did. Was it? Planet, zoo World Planet or, zoo or Planet something zoo. like that? Yeah. 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 I mean, there's lots of zoo sims. That are... Girlfriend was playing that when I left to come here. She's like, really? the, bonobo- the bonobos escaped. I'm like, I don't even know what the hell is going on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Erebus Jones. Is the trailer of the week not Diablo 4? Thank you, Erebus, by the way, for uh, giving us that code to give away. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, is the trailer of the week not Diablo 4 on the grounds? It was 45 minutes long. It wasn't 45 minutes. It was eight minutes, yeah. um, but it was not the trailer of the week because we wanted to talk about it. Yeah, and we showed it. You Maybe you showed up late, but we showed pretty much the whole eight-minute chunk while we were discussing the game. That's mm-hmm. that's why it wasn't a trailer of the week. Yeah, n- nothing gets penalized here for being too long. No. Believe, <laughs> believe <me. laughs> that's great. Uh, Lynn Jeff 99 is there a feature on Sifter that will allow me to block all Hideo Kojima news? <laughs> If there were, I would already have be using it. Believe, me, believe you me. I'm not a fan, and to be mean, something about his 
about his same smirk in every photo irks me. <laughs> well, he does not smile very often. No, he has a smirk. Well, I mean, look, you get your picture taken often enough as like a celebrity yeah. like that, and you, you, you learn a face, and you do it every time. Because so. you also learn that when you make a face that makes you look bad, it gets plastered all over the place, right. and people make fun of you. So I can kind of understand why he's found, like, like my wife, when we take a photo, she always has to be on the one side. Right. She's, I'm always on this side. She's always on this side. Every photo we've ever taken because she believes, which to me seems insane. She believes that there's one side where she looks better. Mm -hmm. I I think she looks the same no matter what, but there's one side where she thinks she looks better. So she always has to, and I don't care. Like, I'm like, I don't care. You can take me from any angle. It doesn't matter. It does matter (laughs) to her. Nothing helps. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I am me. Like, that's the way it is. So like every photo, if you go back and look, I'm always like this and she's here. Like, that's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. So I know... You know, some people get caught up in stuff like that. My wife does. And, you know, celebrities where their appearance really matters, probably more so. Um, not Cirque, what are you most excited about for next gen? Ray tracing? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm real interested to see what... Um, in terms of like kind of what the new systems can do to enhance the existing games, and I really want to see what uh, what respawn's going to do next. Okay, frankly, Titanfall three or whatever. Titanfall, yeah, whatever whatever the Titanfall team is doing, I want to see what they're up to, and um, I want to see what uh, what the first like dedicated and next gen uh, Assassin's Creed looks like. That's a good barometer, a good benchmark mm-hmm. to kind of check out. That's one of those franchises where you're like, I know what this is supposed to look like. Yes. And so and you see can see. Like. And it's also sort of like Ubisoft makes cool stuff, make high, but they don't like break their backs doing it. So it's kind of a good yardstick of like, what are the games going to look like on average? You know, yeah. Like, like, you know, you can assume like Sony's first party stuff will look better than that. But like kind of the, the mid range, like multi-platform stuff will look about like this. So it's like kind yeah. of a good, it's a good barometer. Yep. Um, also, uh, what I next gen, this gen, whatever, just get Beyond Good and Evil two in my hands, <laughs> whatever it freaking takes. I honestly, I want to see what Nintendo does more than anything because I'm just completely. Mm-hmm. Plus, per- it's so far out. Uh, it is, I guess. I mean, Switch is already like three years old, and, and it, Nintendo does kind of stick to that five year plan. Yeah, we're years away from Switch two still. I think. I think. I, I'm just interested because it's like. What They're not going to talk about it next year. They're going to let everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. do the thing. But the it's year like, after. what does Nintendo do now? Like, it's very interesting. Like, does it release another console? Does it just stay with handhelds? Does it not release a console at all? Like, I think you just keep releasing more powerful switches. I guess. Yeah. Keep everything in the ecosystem. Just do the cell phone model. Yeah. I mean, now that we know pretty much everything about PS5 and Xbox 2, like, I've kind of started turning my attention to, like, what does Nintendo do now? Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, Nintendo just keeps. I mean, Nintendo's system is in its prime. Like you don't need to is. do anything yeah. yet. Like, they're, they're, but it's doing it right now. Like behind sure. the scenes, it but is we already don't need figuring to wor- out. We need to worry about that for another year and a half. Yeah. I mean, at minimum. I mean, so. at this point, we don't really need to worry about PS5 and Xbox Two anymore either. We kind of know what they are. I think there's more mystery well, for the, Xbox Two at this point. Definitely than, more for Xbox Two. But the real, I mean, the, the question becomes like, what is this? What what are the OS is going to look like? What is it? What are the capabilities going to be in terms? Not in terms of hardware, look like. but in terms of like bells and whistles and yeah. what what you know what the user experience is going to be and what you know which one do you want to use more than the other? You know, yep. If 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 the power levels are identical. Which environment is more attractive to you, basically? And I mean, really, it's uh, Sony because they're going to have Sony Santa Monica and Guerrilla Games and all those all those first party things. But 
Like it's always interesting to me to see the the, the OS and and how they what they did with. I mean, it wasn't as interesting last gen because it, <laughs> it, it sucked. The PlayStation Four was just the crossbar thing again, and Xbox One was like, "What did you do?" Yeah, but you uh, ruined a perfect system. But I, you know, I, I remember the 360 sort of ushering in that idea when you know when Jay Allard came out and sat down on the stage in his hoodie and talked about yeah. his hoodie suit and talked about. Uh, <laughs> Velocity girl making Tony Hawk T-shirts for money, yeah. and I was just like, "Yeah, that's cool." You, you, when you're kind of taking us through what it is like to use the system in a way that was never actually implemented, but uh, yeah. that stuff that stuff is interesting to me. Like, yeah. like finding out how. What's that day to day life going to be like with that yeah. piece of hardware? I get it. Um, oh, what? Justin Horman brings up uh, something he was asking about blocking Kojima earlier. You can just block the games. So if you're sick mm-hmm. of seeing like Death Stranding stuff in your Sift, just go to the game page for Death Stranding. And right next to the title, there's like a little gear there. And you can just click that gear and in the drop down, choose to block all the content from that game in your sift and you'll never see it again. You do have to remember to go back and manually turn it back on though. So be careful. Uh, I think that might be it. Do we have any other questions? Uh, S1 Agathor, thank you very much for subscribing via Twitch Prime. You're awesome. Oh, no, there's a lot more questions left. (laughs) Oh, geez. Um, Lestevid, do you think it's smart for companies to give games one week prior to the public release date, i.e. Death Stranding? Feel the hype is gone already with only media playing it and tossing it aside after a weekend. Uh, the media definitely did not toss it aside after playing it a weekend. The game is gigantic. It's like 60 or 70 hours long. Yeah, Edge's review isn't even going to be in their next issue because yeah. they couldn't finish it in time. Yeah, nobody All, just, like, played it for an hour. Although they did say they did say the re- requirement was you had to finish it to review it, and they said that uh, we ran out of enthusiasm long before we ran out of time. Yeah, the, is, uh, like, the, 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 it's a real mixed bag on the reviews. For I this. don't really think it's mixed at all. There's, like, one outlet that I've seen that liked it. Oh, there's tons of nines and tens. I mean, really? they're not from, like, big outlets. I mean, oh, oh. But, like, the Metacritic is, like, 84. Is I mean, it? I mean, it's not... It's yeah. not. See, but see, that's why we don't curate those sites to sift it. And, but, I mean, game, you know, GameSpot gave it a high rating. GameSpot's the only one. Like, there's, yeah. They're up there. I mean, the, the most IGN 6.8 and the reflective text is the most level-headed take on the game I've seen so far. Um, it, like, that felt a pr- like a pretty realistic view on things. I have a feeling but uh, I'm going to come in lower than that. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. It's, uh, it's going to be a struggle. I am my attention span. Obviously, is so that'll sh- be in next week's episode. My attention span is so short right now with all the things I have to do that, like the idea that this game is going to hold my attention for any length of time is a little crazy to me because it's just it. Sixty hours of time. <sighs> well, no, we're not. I'm not going to get that done before Star Wars comes out, and maybe I'll go back to it before Christmas. But let's like, an- let's answer wow. his question though, because we actually didn't. We just went on a tangent about Death Stranding. Uh, it, he says, "Do you think it's smart for companies to let the reviews come out a week before the game comes out?" I mean, it, it's better for consumers because you get to see what everybody thinks about something. I don't know what, if it's better for them. I mean, I don't know how many people are actually not going to buy the game because of how reviews turned out. Well, usually if a review disagrees with how someone believes a game's going to be to them, they just say the reviewer didn't know what they're talking about. Or they'll buy go anyway. buy, then they go buy two of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to say, screw you. I mean, I did cancel my collector's edition. Oh, you did? I'm just going to, from Amazon, I'm just going to get... Uh, the digital version and call it a day. And uh, I mean, I didn't cancel it because I don't want to play it anymore because of the reviews. I canceled it because I feel like this is going to be such a mixed reception that that collector's edition will become hard to unload. Yeah, uh, that's I, true. I didn't want to get stuck. It could with be it. a problem. Yeah. I didn't want, so I just uh, I'm just going to get a digital one and call it a day. I don't think there's uh, any problem with putting out reviews early as long as the game is good. 
That yeah. same thing happened for God of War. Yeah. It didn't cer- hurt God I of War sales. I certainly wouldn't say the hype is gone. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, neither. It's, it's the only thing anyone's talking about yeah. other than the dead spin thing. Yeah. Um, the chatter on chatter on Twitter is nothing but but uh, death death stranding text right now. Yeah, I uh, I think it works as long as the game is good. If yeah. the game's bad, it doesn't matter whenever you good let or like it. at least controversial or discussion worthy. I mean, I like think death stranding is whether you like it or hate it. There's something to talk about. Yeah. When, now yeah. I will say this: Am I surprised that Sony let the reviews get out that early, knowing what the game was? Yes. Yeah. For I this am. specific game, it was a little surprising. Like God of War, sure. Like you, if you had played that before it came out, you knew it was going to be great. You knew it was a concept that had been accepted by millions of people already. With this game, it might have been a mistake to let the reviews go out a week early. We'll see. I mean, most people. I mean, that's the thing is like you said. You know, people that make these games really massive mega hits don't even know reviews happened. Yeah, they don't even but, know that it got. But I don't know reviews. if that audience is going to even notice Death Stranding. So I, it's going to be real interesting what the sales are on this thing, if we even find out for sure. Um, last one from Delfino one hundred nine. If you could run EA, what kind of there decisions one, would you take? What I saw one with your face on it. I don't. I always notice the ones where they use your your. Face emoticon. I don't see it. Might have been down further. I don't know. Maybe not. There was up. It was. So, it was during the trailer. Um. Now I lost the question. Oh. But it scrolled by pretty quick. Now I lost the question. We were gonna. Oh, here we go. Delfino. Oh, it's up. It's up. Where Commander Fett. No, never mind. It's okay. Uh, if you could run EA, what kind of decisions would you take from a company standpoint to satisfy your customers, leverage old relevant IP, etc.? I mean, we kind of answered we this. Covered. We covered. Yeah, that. we did this, a whole topic on this already. All right, we'll answer one more. Um. Politics. We're not gonna answer that. Uh, one super master gamer. What game genre do you think should innovate next gen? The sweeping up ghost with a vacuum genre. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, all of them, really. I, I mean, sh- the shooters are the most popular genre, so they should lead. They should. Are they? They they sell the most, yeah. Do they? Yeah, they do. Absolutely. Is GTA a shooter? They may consider it a shooter. I'm I mean, sure. I would say it's more like the open world adventure is the is the juggernaut these days. It's not for sales, though. I mean, you got to figure. You have Call of Duty selling thirty million every year. So just from one game, you have that huge lead just right sort there. Sort of, but they don't lead the charts all that often. I mean, yeah, they do. Mario Kart is the thing ripping the charts up. Where's our kart racer innovation? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think shooters are generally what leads the industry ahead. Like, I would like to see proof of that. I don't think that's true anymore. It is true. I don't think it's true anymore. I'll, d- I'll dig it up and text it to you in a bit. But Maybe anyway, if you incorporate microtransactions. So anyway, whatever the most popular genre is, is what should lead. It's because it's what people are playing the most and it's what people trust the most. So they're going to buy it even if it has a new idea. If you build an entire game around a new idea, people tend to shy away because, they're in, again, I think that might happen to a Luigi's Mansion 3. People look at it. They're like, what is that? I don't get it. I don't want it. Um, so I think generally you need to innovate in a genre that – most people are accepting of, and most people are willing to play. I don't think you can ever predict what the innovative genre will be because it comes out of nowhere every time. Um, I think you, he's saying what genre should innovate. Well, yeah. I mean, all should of, innovate next gen. I mean, all of them, but like I don't know what. He's uh, telling you to pick one. Which one? Which genre is most important to innovate next gen? Well, that's the thing is I don't care about innovation nearly as much as execution. Okay. Like new ideas are not as important to me as doing something well. You've said that before. Which yeah. is again. I think Luigi's Mansion is a really good example of that. Yep. 
Like, they didn't reinvent the wheel with Luigi's Mansion 3, but they sure perfected it. They sure did. And, that, again, no one else is going to do it. So, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. It's a party of one. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was no, not going to be a PUBG for Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> as awesome <laughs> as that would be. <laughs> All right. That's it for Game Face 189 here on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. If you are listening to the show on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play, head to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge at least a dollar a month. At least. If you're getting three hours of entertainment a week, 12 hours of entertainment per month, you can kick us a freaking dollar. Please kick us more. That would be great. But at least give us a dollar. And if we have enough of those people... Kick Shane repeatedly. And That is our request. And if you pay me a dollar, I'll let you kick me. How about that? That's um, true. <laughs> That was at the Game Awards every year. Very few people know that. Yeah. Uh, the same goes true for, or holds true for you folks on YouTube. If you're consuming this show for free, I know a lot of you guys are using ad blockers. You're not doing anything for us. You're just consuming the show. Go to patreon.com slash sifted and help the brothers out. If you want the show to keep going, that's the only way it's going to happen. Um, updates on Sifted 2.0. It's look, Brent had a baby. Congratulations to Brent. Uh, he and his wife just had a new child. So some of the site development stuff has been put on hold for a little bit. The target for Sifted 2.0 for all the other stuff that's coming is probably going to be like the first week of January. We're probably going to launch it in the new year. We have other surprises and big uh, big announcements coming for Sifted 2.0 as well. In addition to the site being redesigned, there's some other stuff going on behind the scenes that's going to make a huge difference for us. So please support us. We appreciate everybody. Look, if you can only just watch on YouTube with your ad blocker turned off, we appreciate that too. If you can only just watch the show and share it on social media, we appreciate that too. In fact, that is one of the best things that you can do is going on social media and saying everybody needs to watch or listen to this podcast. Um, I saw some people, uh, there was some article posted, like the 10 best gaming podcasts, and of course we weren't included on it, uh, but some of our fans got into that thread and were uh, mm. voicing their opinion. <laughs> That's where you make a difference, because people that go to that article are looking for new gaming podcasts. So if you ever see stuff like that, and you believe that we're a good gaming podcast, go in there and be like, it's freaking Game Face. That makes a difference. Those people are looking for gaming podcasts. And if you go in there and there's a group of you in there saying y'all are crazy for not having Game Face on there, everyone who reads the article is going to be like, well, what's Game Face? It works. Uh, so if you can't afford to help us financially, you can help us maybe even better than the people who are giving us money. So that's all we ask. Help us out however you can. We'll be back next Tuesday, same time, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, another big episode of Big Games, definitely Death Stranding. I cannot wait for that discussion, Matt. Because you and I, we have different perspectives on games. But I have a feeling this one might be one where we come together on. We'll see. Mm. Um, but anyway, Death Stranding will definitely be in the show, along with a couple other big games. It's just full steam ahead here for the rest of the year. So I'm going to want to do a bit where we uh, bring up all the old trailers, and, and I remind you of how gushy and excited you were about all the different Death Stranding trailers. I'm like, how do you feel now? Yeah. I'm just going to lay on a couch and Sigmund Freud you. I wasn't even that excited about it. I just said that I was going to give it a chance. Oh, you were you were like, oh, this looks amazing. I can't believe that he's doing this crazy shit. I mean, not, not that you thought the I'm going to go back and look for that because I don't you remember were, that. You were pretty hyped about this thing. I don't remember that at all. Back. I remember and me you being sh- the one who was giving it a chance while you were the one shutting it down. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But you were, you were maybe that's just, just spectrum-wise. It's just like, my journalistic nature. Like, I just don't shut anything off until I experience it. It's just the way I I don't am. shut anything off, but I know history means something, and, <laughs> and I don't I had no reason to expect anything different from him. And maybe without Solid Snake in the mix... It's finally a little more obvious what it is. <laughs> the emperor is wearing no clothes. We'll see. 
And neither is Norman Reedus. Seven days. Matt, and Kyle, and I are right here talking Death Stranding. You better be there. We'll see you then. Cage match. Game face is up and out.